Who was sounding like that? That's something different. It it's, doesn't it's sound like voice. You can't listen to Lollipop and be like, that's not a hit. That's a hit song. Nobody said it was a hit, but you could still have trash parts of the hit. Like it, it that's just the main part. Hard. He was in auto tune the entire time. Yo, what's good, your boy Sapri706? So it's KTSC app episode. Hey, shout out to Kendrick for this one, you feel me? Yeah, Inspiration, let's get it. Marcus Sniffles and the Lil Wayne stand, AC. Black boy down. What's cracking lacking? I'm just glad to be here. Happy to have a great conversation. Hopefully, it's something enlightening. Hopefully, we learn some things tonight. Definitely a good week for music, a good week for hip hop culture. So I'm feeling pretty good. I've been every day listening to hours and hours of music. So you know, I feel good. A lot of new I'm shit. Glad. I'm glad. I'm also doing well. I, I do want to address uh, one of the Twitter people, uh, Mr. Lowski Woski eighty nine, who who has used some pretty offensive language towards me on the Twitter. I am sensitive. My feelings are easily hurt. Like my heart drops when I seen those tweets, but you know we'll do better. But I will challenge you to, um, if, if you want a three hour podcast, I'm gonna need you to get everybody in your entire like ecosystem to listen to the podcast. The podcast gets like over like shit. I don't know. Let's say a thousand listens in a week. I'll do three hours. But until then, relax, <laughs> relax. <laughs> I got a family. I got bills to pay, sir. But anyways, appreciate you listening to the podcast. But anywho, let's jump right into it. A lot of good music came out. I know uh, Mr. Savage has been, uh, I don't know if he uses title. I don't know if he's still selling using Apple, but he's been listening to music on some streaming service. And some of the things that dropped this week were Poetry, Culture 3, and my personal favorite drop this week was Larry June. Uh, yeah, yeah the, the ad-lib god himself, but... <laughs> Let's start with Polo G. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't listen to this. I don't know. I don't even know who Polo G is. Sorry, guys, but um, <clears throat> I'm gonna lie and say that it was great. You know, it has some vibes. Had a couple of bops on it. You know, the production was all right, and that's all I can give you because I'm lying right now. Uh, Mr. Savage, Polo G, what are your thoughts? Okay, so, and I wanted to bring this up during this podcast without even kind of saying it. I hinted to it a little bit, but you remember a couple of years ago where SoundCloud rappers were really big. I feel like Polo G and a lot of these people that are re-popping off or popping off, a lot of this is actually coming from TikTok. So to me, I mean, no disrespect to him. He's he's uber talented, but I feel like he's a he's a TikTok rapper. Uh, his song number two uh, on the album, Rap Star, is probably one of the more famous songs on uh, TikTok. Um, you know, and it's, it, it, they, they do funny videos to it and you hear it so much, it becomes ingrained in you almost. And so it's like, um, the same with him, uh, and rap star. She's a runner. She's a trap star. She's, uh, you'll hear it all the time on TikTok. Um, she make it clap by soldier boy, TikTok, uh, the ski. Yeah. 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 You hear it all the time on TikTok. So shout out to the rappers for, adjusting their game to the new wave and then becoming popular by that as well. As far as the album is concerned, I'm going to be honest with you. I went into it uh, knowing Rap Star. I didn't really care for the song as much, so I went into it with very low expectations. Um, but I was actually surprised that it's actually a really solid album. 
Um, the album flows together well. I like the fact that a lot of the songs appear to be under three minutes. Don't quote me on that, but it doesn't seem like, like it seems like it's real quick and here comes another song. Like I know I rode less than a mile down the road and started on track one and I was already on track six. Like it goes that fast. And so that's always a good benefit, especially when you have, I think it's right at 20 tracks or 18 or something like that. Oh my God. Yeah, it's a lot of tracks. They do sound alike. Um, I'm not going to take Marcus's take, but I do kind of feel like I don't really care for the singing and the rapping thing as much. Some people do it really well, and I let it slide. Him, I was just like, ooh, but he made it work. He made it work overall. Uh, some of the features, the Lil Wayne feature was trash. Uh I know we'll be talking about him later, but that, it was no good. And that was the first time I ever seen a feature with him that really didn't get any hype at all, but didn't really care for that. Uh, to be honest with you, at this point, anything the baby's on, I automatically fast forward through it or I skip it. Um, so I didn't want to hear that shit. Uh, the Young Thug feature, it was pretty cool. Um, overall, I think it's a solid album. Will I revisit it? If I was bored, yeah, it's something to listen to. Like, it's not anything bad. It's not anything that's too skippable. I mean, it was like maybe two tracks that I was like, ooh, I don't like this. I'm going to skip. But like I said, with them being two to three minutes, you know, it's it's good to go. So overall, if I had to score it out of five, it'd be a three out of five. Um, I definitely look forward to what the young man can do going forward. I think that lane is a cool lane. I didn't even know it was from Chicago at first, to be honest with you. Um, and I want to say, was Pop Smoke on that album? I think he was, and I skipped that shit, too, because Pop Smoke, leave that shit in the grave. He's no good, just to be honest with you. And that ain't a hot take. It's the truth. Um, anyway, Marcus, what's your thoughts? Well, real quick before Marcus gives his his takes. Yeah, the I, I, I have some of the podcasts. I do enjoy short albums, but I don't like short songs. Like I think a couple years ago, for some reason, I was listening to like Little Pump or something like that. Like Every song was two minutes. It's like hook verse hook next song i'm like what, the, what is this again I'm, I'm here for a concise album but give me give me at least three minutes just give me three minutes please marcus go ahead yeah i don't know if i have anything really else to add to it like i don't know where this guy came from i don't know how he's getting these types of features like how do you get a Nicki minaj featured this soon how are you getting a little wayne feature i don't know maybe he signed the ymcmb i don't know um he just sounds like little easy vert juice world um, young Thug, all the all these other Lils and Youngs, like it's not bad. It's just after I think about seven songs, I was like, okay, so he's just gonna do this continuously. So let me just move on and you know either go to the features or check something else out. And like I said, it's not a bad album. Maybe uh, people from Chicago or young kids really like his stuff, but this this wasn't like good enough for me to be like, all right, well, let me stick with this because it's not anything better than what's already out here. Like everybody kind of has this sound already. So to kind of stand out, you got to do it better. Like his singing isn't really that, like he's not emoting that well. He's not like dabbling in auto tune that much. The lyrics are just okay. Like, all right, I, I hope I, and I hope he, I hope he gets, you know, as many streams as he can and is able to, you know, make money off of this. So I don't want to be someone that's like, oh, well, this this guy sucks. I mean, it's just not for me. Well, yeah, that, I agree with that too. And the one thing, you know what? I actually forgot all about the Nicki Minaj uh, 
uh, feature because I think the very next one was the 5.0 and the, um, or was the yeah, that was after the Roddy Rich, who's another overrated person. Um, and it was in between Pop Smoke and 5.0, 5o or whatever his name is. But yeah, you're 100% right. And then the other thing I seen where, of course, he was arrested in Miami. I guess that's like the new thing to do. Um, so hopefully he beats that charge. But sometimes that's the uh, the, the sacrifice you got to take to make it number one. And for some weird reason, he has a number one album right now streaming. And I just, for the life of me, I don't get it. Like, I had not heard of this guy before. Like, I had heard of him because I remember in the group chat, maybe about a month ago, uh, El Chapa had said something about it. And I was like, what? Like, who? how does she know about this guy? And I had like heard, like I said, I heard about him on TikTok, and that's how I knew who the Polo G was. And maybe that's where he's making his rounds because I don't think I've ever heard of him on anybody else's thing. And this is his debut album, so hope which, he gets which, it all the same. Good luck. Which song is the is the TikTok song? I'm not. I'm it's not, not on a rap star. The second song. Oh, that's him. Oh, yeah, shit. she's a runner. She's a track star. Okay, she I, I've never heard that song in my life. I didn't know it was an actual song. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't either until <laughs> so I heard of this album. So, well, why, I mean, not the TikTok, they did a thing where they were like able to, you're able to sign like a deal with TikTok so now you can get money off of there. So, he's definitely getting paid from TikTok for sure. Well, what kind of confuses me is that Polo G was born in 1999, he's 22. And according to the Wikipedia, it says he stated his. He stated that American rapper Lil Wayne and hip hop icon Tupac Shakur are his biggest influences. Do y'all hear any of that or any Tupac? Tupac and Lil Wayne are his biggest influences, according to T- Tupac. No Wayne, a little bit, like a little. And it yeah. says he grew up listening to Gucci Man. So I don't hear the Gucci Man at all. The the Lil Tunchi just a little bit. And I can I can kind of see the like if it, if he said Thug too, because I think Thug can be kind of an extension of a part of Wayne, then I can see that with his style. But I would have thought like maybe a maybe a Nelly, Uzi, you know, stuff like that. I I don't see Tupac at all. Interesting. Well, good luck with that. Uh, he had a battle with drugs in 2019 he overdosed on da, 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 one of the young kid drugs let me see what it was Percocet. ecstasy and xanax so yes. he said that he is done doing that now so hopefully he gets his life together uh moving along to some other young uh, rich negro hold rapper. on pause real quick i don't okay. know how these kids do ecstasy Yo, like, okay doc i'm telling you let's do go it. watch Intervention on A and <laughs> They'll talk about like these white girls that are like thirteen years old. It'd be like at, at twelve years old, she begin doing cocaine and Xanax. I'm like, where do you get cocaine as a twelve year old? I get weed, but like, where do you get cocaine as a twelve year old? I'm so confused. How do these people get these drugs? Like, I'm a full grown adult, and I have no idea where to get cocaine from. Weed, yes. Cocaine, no clue. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you're a twelve year old. You have no job. Cocaine, not cheap. No, I just hope it's not going to become a thing where, you know, like back when we were younger, weed was like illegal across the board. No questions asked. So that's kind of what I don't want to say it's what drew people to it. But it's like as a young person, you're just like, oh, well, you know, weed is the dangerous drug. You know, my parents tell me not to do it. 
But as now that we are getting older, we're in our you know mid thirties, hitting forties. Weed is becoming more <laughs> legal. <laughs> it's becoming more. Forever young. <laughs> it's becoming a little bit more widespread. That you know, it's more. It's getting legalized in a lot of places. You can go to your. You can go to fucking Walmart and buy you know some. And it's just like, is it a thing where younger kids like you know KJ's age and people around his age are just like, you know, weed is the way we used to look at like wine for some people. It's like, oh, weed's an old person drug. Like the young kids are popping Molly, popping Perks, popping X, doing all these other, like pills is now the cool thing for kids. And I'm, my thing is, it's like, I want to tell all these kids, all these young rappers, like stop popping pills, just smoke weed. Like just do that. Cause you will live like Snoop Dogg's almost 60. He ain't, I don't think he's ever popped a pill. Like do that. Damn, kids at KJ school is pooping Xanax. That's crazy. <laughs> That's disgusting. I don't know what kind, of, what kind of two girls, one cup type of shit y'all doing in Texas. But that's 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 hella foul. Nah, I, I wonder if it's kind of a kind of a racial stereotype as we've digressed into illegal drug use. But like, I I never hear any rappers getting hooked on meth, right? I never hear that one. It's just pills. Like meth is way cheaper. It's easier to get to, and like. <clears throat> Hmm. Oh, I'm gonna keep that thought to myself. But, <laughs> yeah, I just wonder, like, meth got to be—it's got to be crazy because some of the things I see these people on intervention doing for meth, and some of the living conditions they subject themselves for meth is insane, like disgusting. But you know anywho, what? I would have to say, with meth, you almost get an immediate negative thing <laughs> with that, and I think they yeah, don't—they don't want that smoke, like. Your teeth starts to go away. You have shit all over your face. Well, that's the thing. The like people that are the mouth, like they don't have money though. So like these guys can actually keep up their appearance somewhat. You know what I'm saying? Maybe they could be like a casual meth user, I guess. I don't know, but yeah, I'm just. Anyways, so Culture Three dropped. Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I got through some of it. Um, I saw a lot of hype in the timeline. If you follow me on Twitter, you already know I am not the biggest fan of the Three Amigos. Um, they really like they have a unique sound. I give you that, but for me, with them along with a lot of other rappers, they don't do anything to push the culture. See what I did there? Mm-hmm. But um, it's just one of those things. Where it's like, all right, man, you're gonna be like in the background, like, mm, yeet. Mama. Like that's like all right, man. You're melodic with your ad libs. That's cool. I mean, can we can we do, can we do something else, please? Like you saw what happened with Father of Four Forty Four. That shit was cheeks. I'm I'm ashamed they even put that out as a black man. But it's just kind of like I, I get their what they're there for. But it's just like if maybe it's not for me. Like it's kind of KJ's the more demo. But I can't even say that because like I like the T Grizzly joint to drop. Like I like that. It's just this the, the Migos don't do it for me. This, I'll run it back in the car, maybe at the gym, but there was nothing that I heard that compelled me to stop what I was doing, to stop watching The Good Doctor on Amazon <laughs> to listen to The Good Doctor. What the fuck? <laughs> with, two head, with two headphones in. So I'll let y'all get y'all's takes off. All right. Uh, so if you would, let, let me go first real quick, because I just I wanted to make a point with the Migos. The one thing that I will say that I do respect about them is from Versace to No Label 2 um, to Culture 1, 2, and 3, this is the first group that I've ever seen that can seemingly 
fall off and then come right back to life. Like all they have to do is put those rings together, Captain Planet, Migos, and they're right back in the mix. Um, Culture 3, I can already say, is much better than Culture 2, in my opinion. Culture 2 was ass. Yeah, it really was. Um, but they they stay relevant with their relationships outside of music and cheating continuously, <laughs> continuously cheating. But the first song, Avalanche, I mean, I know you guys see social media. The great Jay Z uh hit up Quavo, told him that song's beautiful. That song was okay. Pause. All right, so I did that song caught my ear, but was it the song beautiful? Or was it the temptation sample? It was the same, you know what I'm saying? Like. Stop. Well, takeoff Stop. was going in. I'm gonna give it to him. But yeah. Okay, man. Continue real quick. Well, takeoff was going in. Real it, quick. It was before, the same before I let you get your lies off, what I will say is this, it was Culture it, Three is probably one of the worst album covers I have ever seen in my life. Continue. Okay. I mean, <laughs> we're in a panoramic. You're saving money, but you know, regardless, yeah, you're saving like, money a lot of places. Hey, you know, like, they bro, like Photoshop, like. They're not that good to put all their heads together. You know what I'm saying? Like, this isn't no, like, come on, man, stop. Stop it. From an album oh. perspective, you come in with Avalanche. I like straightening from the um, the snippet that they released. Uh, they went on the LA Leakers, did their freestyle that was written. Um, all in all, the album, it started out hot. And then it kind of fizzled down a little bit, and then it, it did end a little strong outside of the pop smoke again. But, you know, that, that I digress on that. Overall, I felt like it, it was a solid overall album. It was way better than Culture 2. Um, Takeoff was really wrapping his ass off as need be. Um, Quavo's always doing his thing. Offset's always doing his thing. Um, the only thing that I really have on this is why are y'all overhyping Cardi B? Like, Everybody's saying she came on there and just washed the Migos and, you know, she dropped her own video to it and cart the Queens back. And it's kind of like, I mean, I like her verse. I'm not hating on it at all. It was a really good verse. She didn't wash anybody, you know, just to be honest with you. And the other main point that I take away from it, from the Migos that I hate, they, they were doing an interview and I apologize for not having it right offhand. And they said, hey, with the culture, we want to know that we want people to know that we innovate the culture. We move the culture. We created this style. What style did you create that you stole from Lauren Infamous? Like, what? And I hate when people do that. Like, just pay homage. The dude's dead or homage, should I say. The dude's dead and gone. You know that that flow is his flow. Like, if you go back to old Three Six Mafia um, crazy in the last days and even beyond that, mystic styles and different things like that. He's the mystic style. He had that flow. And you guys come on these interviews and, yeah, we moved the culture. We created this flow and blah, blah, blah. And it's like they've been battling the recreated this flow thing for six years now. And it's a big fat lie. Like, it makes me lose respect for you as an artist. Like, from then on, I'm like, you, you know, it's hard. It makes it hard to listen to, but overall, it's something good to listen to. Um, I don't know if it's something I'm going to run back over and over again. I mean, it does have a couple of redeeming tracks on it. Um, I don't have them offhand. Of course, Avalanche, that sample is cold. Um, I'm going to transition in a second to number two, and I'll let you have it, Marcus, because I'm going to roll that into a question. 
I like straightening uh, type shit was nice. For Malibu, I didn't even notice Polo G was on it, but I ran yeah, it down three times, but he just, I don't know what was going on. Modern Day was nice. Um, it, it, it was it's a lot of good songs. I, I like Antisocial. I like uh, Mahomes a little bit. Um, I didn't really like Need It, and I didn't like Light It Up that much. But the one other thing that I didn't like it, and that I see that seems to be a problem with Mr. Drizzy or Mr. Aubrey, Brother Man, the fuck was going on with that verse? Like, what were you doing? And and I'm like, I did not like that verse at all. And it was people, me and Marcus, we were in like this uh, thread where people, they were kind of going in on it. And I kind of agree with it. Like, it, it just, it was a decent verse, but it sounded like he kind of mailed it in to me. And that was my take on that. Marcus, I'll pass the mic on to you. Uh, like, I, I get the whole, like, you know, not wanting to... Uh have like Migos take credit for the, the flow that they have that, you know, three, six was doing back, back in the day. But I think what they should start saying is that they made it more mainstream. Cause they're like three, six, no one was rapping like three, six and Lord infamous back then. So, and that, that style of rapping kind of, I don't, don't want to say it like fell off cause it was just trash. It was just music wasn't as easily accessible across, you know, the globe like that back then as it is now. So, as you know, young kids coming up, they can just kind of say like, "Okay, we're going to use this and kind of put our own little spin on it," and just say we created something. So they should just say they were, you know, they made it more mainstream. Uh, the problem that I have with Migos and the problem I have with a lot of these uh, QC artists, whether it's them or uh, Lil Baby, is that they just they need someone on that label to trim the fat. Like there's there's a good to great album here. They just have too many songs. Like cut about you know, three or four of these songs. Like, I think, the, like, remember when Kanye West did that whole, like, uh, <clears throat> um, seven song albums? Migo, like, there's certain artists that just don't have enough content to be putting out an album that's an hour and 15 minutes. I love the Migos. They just don't have an hour and 15 minutes worth of content to push like that. So you give them, like, you know, seven tracks, 30 minutes, get in and out. Like, you give me... I like needed it. You give me needed it, straightening, avalanche. Uh, you know, um, I like Malibu a little bit. Uh, Antisocial, and a couple more songs. Get in and get out. We don't need. We don't need. A, I don't need over forty-five minutes from the Migos. I don't. And it's it's a fine album. It's just people. I, and I, don't, I, I maybe I just don't understand the music business. I don't understand how having more songs boosts your streams up. Like. I feel like if you have a shorter album, people can run your album more times. But it's just like they, there's not that many hits on here. There's like a there's like maybe one or two. But like I mean, you put you put a song on here with Justin Bieber and Future and Juice World, like those are gonna go do, do crazy numbers. But I don't know. They just they just need someone to kind of just trim the fat on these things because it's just too long. It's not. That's what made I think Culture the first one so successful. It's just kind of like they just get in. Every song's a fucking banger. Every song's a hit, and you're not. It's not some kind of droning, redundant album that just looks like okay. Are we still doing this? Like, where am I at in this album? I'm only halfway done. What the fuck? So, I like some songs too long. I agree with you. But that that ran a twenty, right? As well. 
What do you mean? Yeah, that was 19, 19 songs. And and they were four to five minute songs because it's three niggas rapping plus one person. Yeah, it's just, it's just too long. Like they don't have that much content in them. They don't. Yeah, I I guess uh, I guess it's one of those things is like I, I can't use the whole like, oh, you know, in a week nobody's gonna be talking about this album because that's how it is with every album. Like for a week, like the J. Cole shit was kind of popping, then it kind of just disappeared. But I guess you can maybe quantify with the numbers because the numbers are gonna come out eventually. I'm curious of what their first week streaming numbers look like, considering all the hype around the Migos. You know, they haven't put out an album since what 2018. So it's, it's been quite some time since they dropped, but I, I'm of the the camp of who asked for this, and I'm just like, I, I like I want Migos music. I just don't want that much. <laughs> I don't want a lot of it. Fair, I just want like fair. I, I'd seven say to eight lot, songs. Get me out of here. I don't need 19 tracks from these guys. Like they're not. And there's only just like to be honest with you. Go ahead, go ahead. I, I don't need another feature from Pop Smoke. We don't need a studio in heaven. I guess this guy's like. A modern day Tupac. He's just maybe he's in Cuba or something like that. All but the all it, the song they all sound the same. Like that little that little the sound that they put in there. That like that whole sound is in every song. I'm like, is it is he like legally obligated to rap only uh, rap over that type of beat? Because it's always the same, no matter who they put on. It's like, all right, man, you got it, dog. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, we could probably revisit this a little bit next week. I'm gonna actually listen to it like with two headphones on, so see if it's nah, actually. Brother, I, I think we good on culture. I think so, it's gonna be another yeah. album in the in the long list of albums recently that doesn't really have any tracks that are redeeming. I mean, like I said, I like straightening. It's it's a it's a few other songs that I like. I would probably pick those, throw them on a playlist, and maybe revisit it later on. But like having to go through the entire album. It did get a little tough because I was like, okay, like I said, to me, once I got past the Cardi B track, which I want to say it was the Cardi B track, or once I got past uh, Malibu, the after type shit, which was the Cardi B track, it's like it went on a run where it's like, wow, these songs all sound alike. Then the Justin Bieber was a bit of a switch up. But I'm not like a fan of Bieber like that, so I really wasn't trying to hear it. But I'm trying to be more open to things. But it's like the same with the Polo G. It's like if you put it on, it's the it's the same concept of things over and over again. I mean, if you're a Migos fan, you love it. If you're not, you know, it's just going to be kind of hard to get through. Jeez Louise. Yeah. <clears throat> so good, good luck, Migos. I mean, like we're – just to quickly wrap this up, like, where do we, what do we expect from the Migos? Like, where do they go from here? You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what is the next rendition of Migos music? Like, I don't, it's just like what their baseline is. It's like kind of put out the same stuff. Like, maybe I have too, too high of expectations for the Migos. Yes, you do. Your expectations are a little bit too high. I think they, they can just continue to do music like this, do features, um, collaborations with other artists, uh, I don't know if anybody heard anybody heard, but uh, I think they said Quavo was talking about he had a collab album with Pop Smoke in the making, so <laughs> that's kind of what they're going to be doing. Uh, I mean, but they're still they're fairly young. Like Quavo's only thirty years old, so I mean, they probably got a good five year window <laughs> that they have right now. <laughs> I think they got as long as they don't do solo albums, they'll be straight. Like yeah. they have a fan base. 
And they you they kind of can lock, they can latch on to some some of the younger artists like Travis Scott and Lil Uzi and stuff like that. Well, they're not even that much younger, but and they'll be they'll be able to kind of pull other artists up and kind of like you know help them grow and then latch on to them a little bit to kind of sustain their career a little bit longer. But yeah, they 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 got. I think they have. I think they're gonna go. I think they're gonna try to go to five. I think they're gonna try to get to Culture Five. Pop, pop smoke Shakur, basically. That's how they're going to be able to do it. Hey, Shout out to Cuba. Good, good luck with that. But keep the things in the vault, man. Yeah. Uh, before we get to, I guess Trina versus Eve, which is on the docket. Side note: Have any of y'all uh, stopped wearing masks in public places? Like I'm fully vaccinated, and I went into a grocery store uh, where I live at. There's no restrictions anymore. I had my mask on and I low key felt like a criminal, like because not many people had their <laughs> mask on. So I was like, I got like social peer pressure. I went down like an aisle and took it off and put it in my pocket. Like, because I felt weird now. Like, now that like I'm vaccinated, I'm like, I know a lot of you people probably aren't, but you kind of feel ostracized wearing a mask when there's no more like restrictions. Like, I don't know if the grocery stores where y'all live at, there'd be like signs or arrows pointing directions you can go down the aisles. They took all that stuff down or whatever, so I would ignore them anyways. So I'm not walking all the way around to the, the coffee aisle. I just walk straight through. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't really pay attention to that. But anywho, that's that's just that's just random. But uh, yes, uh, Jif is out here getting smutted out. You know, in the streets of Atlanta. So shout out to her. Um, <laughs> yo, I just saw that that video. I was I was bad confused why they got SpongeBob twerking vigorously. On the timeline, I had to share that with the with the people, you know what I mean. But anywho, Trina versus Eve, Trilla is still trying to make this versus a thing for for no reason. Um, this is not compelling me to stay home. I support Black women artists, but I'm not staying home for the dudes. You know what I'm saying? Like that, like versus is done. Like just let it go. But what what are you guys thoughts on Trina versus Eve? Do they got? Uh, I'm not gonna say. No, nah, they 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 definitely have hits. They got they have enough to make this versus uh, a bit compelling. I, I haven't really thought about it. like off the top of my head. I'd probably go with Trina just for the features that she's had. Uh, I mean, even Eve's had some pretty good features with the uh, Rough Riders. So I think it's gonna be a pretty com- compelling competition for whoever decides to watch it because I am not. But I haven't watched the last. What's the last versus I watched? I can't even remember honestly. Uh, I'd I say watched Gucci Man I, and uh, Young Jeezy's. Yeah, part it was either. It was you either. Watched, uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire, and um, no, I'm know. not 85 years old, dog. Like, I'm <laughs> that. That, that was a good verse, though. But okay, I'm sure it was. I didn't watch. I think maybe the last one I watched was it was either Jeezy and Gucci or um, um, fucking Snoop and DMX. That might have been the last two I watched. Like I actually from from beginning to end watched like. I'm done with verses, man. Like I'm, I'm good. And the, the, like I said, the artist that's gonna keep me inside to watch this has got to be you. Got to be on the caliber of like Kanye West, Drake, Neptunes, Jay Z, Beyonce, Nicki Minaj, Lil Wayne, Eminem, something like that. Like I'm not, I'm not staying at home for Eve and Trina. Uh for me, despite what uh what Mrs. or Madam Jeff says, um, I actually believe. Uh, Trina is going to win this with ease. Um, I know on the timeline, someone said, uh, hey, well, what is what is Trina going to do when Eve plays Love is Blind? And I'm like, 
She could just play man, nigga, like her, her man eater or something like that. She didn't have that in her bag, but, you know, that's not her bag. Uh, she definitely has more hits overall, in my opinion, um, as far as Triller and Versus is concerned. I mean, the last one I watched was the the Isley Brothers and the uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. And I have my hat on, my cognac, and I ain't drink any, but I had all that stuff and, you know, my other glasses. You know what I mean? It, it's a cool concept, but now that we're back outside, like, uh, I don't need this Versus match. Um, I'm not even that excited for Soldier Boy and Lil Bow Wow. I mean, it'd be kind of cool. Forgot, I forgot about that, honestly. I thought that happened already. I think that one's going to be entertaining because both of them are, are some characters. <laughs> like they, we're going yeah. to get some memes out of that one. That one's yeah. going to have so many memes. I can't wait for those to come out because I'm not watching it. But as, as these two as artists, like I'm not really, I, I don't know. I'm not expecting much. I, I don't even think Eve has 20 in the chamber. I might be wrong. I think she she's more of like a 10 to 12. Trina may have 15, but I guess they'll make it work. Maybe they have a collab somewhere in there or some new music that we don't want to hear. So um, definitely, you know. We'll, can, we, we'll can we address this comment that, that, that says uh, Eve is going to dog walk her? This is pointless. I feel like this is like a reoccurring cycle that happens whenever any of these things is announced. Like first we get an announcement. Everybody's super excited. Like, oh, we get to, you know, celebrate Eve and Trina, DMX and Snoop. You know, uh, Nelly and New, New Ludacris, and now we, and then the next cycle is we start posting our favorite Nelly and New, Ludacris songs, and then our favorite Eve and Trina songs, and then it turns into well, Ludacris about to dog walk Nelly, then it turns into Snoop Dogg, Snoop Dogg gonna smoke DMX. It, it it's the same cycle every time it comes. I, I love watching it happen in real time, and it's already seemed to happen with the uh, Eve and Trina, but I always find it fun. That that that's the that's the thing that I look for. Like I I look for the announcement. I wait to see Twitter, you know, they, they get the highs and start like celebrating, like, oh, this is great. Hey, let me show you, let me share with you my favorite Red Man song, my favorite Method Man song. And then it turned, then it then it gets dark. Trini ain't got 20. You know, Nelly ain't got 20. You know, all these other things. Actually, you know what the lowest person I would stay home for? It's 50 Cent. I'd stay home for 50 Cent. Yeah, I mean. Nobody wants to Kendrick Cole versus hell no. <laughs> hell no. <laughs> Don't yeah, I'm, that. I'm, I'm good on that. I'm good on that. <laughs> and again, versus. I, I try to listen to full clothes at home. <laughs> what? I've said this before with the versus thing. It's it's only a versus when it's people you like, man, or when it's a clear definitive winner. But it always degenerates into some nonsense, like oh, he won, he didn't win, or he got washed. Like I still contend, regardless of what y'all think, because y'all don't like him, Scott Storch. Right. I don't care what y'all said. <laughs> he he Scott Storch dog walked Manny Fresh. Like that it is what it is. I don't care how much you don't like Scott Storch being a cokehead or whatever, but it is what it is. Like it's just it's facts. It's it's big facts. I don't know what happened, Mr. Savage. I, I guess he couldn't take my uh my real takes, but God bless him wherever he's at. Um yeah, once once Manny Fresh resorted to the jokes, I was like, yeah, he lost. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's one thing to lose, but it's one thing for us as fans and the audience members to realize the moment where you realized you lost. Like, because there's a, there's a lot of time. Like even the Nelly versus Ludacris one. Like Nelly didn't know that he lost. He Nelly didn't know he was losing. Like he was in there still having a good time, still throwing his sits or whatever. Like Manny Fresh knew. At that moment, like, okay, I'm I'm losing. 
I have no other options here but to throw. Yeah, preloaded oh, drops. Pause, pre pause one second. Uh, I didn't pay my Wi-Fi bill because your mother paid it, so thank you. Very oh, much. come on. <laughs> and I don't want to hear about this Manny Fresh and Scott Storch thing no more. You hold it up against me personally. <laughs> like it's Atlanta Falcons winning a freaking Super Bowl. Wow, you made a lucky guess. Scott Storch won. All hail South Breeze. All hail the great South Breeze. You won. Jesus. Anywho, speaking of music that came and went, what happened with Twerkulator? Like Twitter made Twerkulator sound like it's about to be the song of the summer. And I have not heard that song to this day. Just FYI, that SpongeBob video that Ad Challenge made me think about that. I'm waiting to see somebody edit Twerkulator into that video if you haven't seen it. I added you in it. Have they have they have they done a video for Twerkulator? I don't know, but I've seen them like edit the music and just random people dancing. But it's like I have it's, it, it's TikTok ready though. Like the TikToks is up and ready to go. I'll tell you that. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm still confused why they got a two minute video of SpongeBob twerking, but yeah, I'm super. Anyway, I mean, it's supposed to be the song of summer. I, I, honestly, right now, I have, I have no idea what the song of summer is. Yeah, I still haven't heard that, but good luck to them. Hopefully, no, they, they do. They do have an official video. It has 3.6 million views. Oh, never mind. No, that's not a video. That's the audio. I'm sorry. It's just yeah. TikTok. Really? I, I haven't heard it yet. So three million people watch that. The audio for Torculator? Hell no. Yeah. No, man. Yeah, they, they're too horny, man. Like, I'm, That's a crazy Twitter, horny. Yeah, man. Tw how Twitter is horny like all the time. This shit is starting to get borderline. It is no. already past disgusting, but it's just like. No, 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 no. no. You're not on Instagram. It can't, it can't be this all the time. You're not on have, Instagram. Y'all don't take a break. You're not on Instagram. <laughs> Instagram is horny. <laughs> like, just <laughs> random people just being horny all day. I'm like. Is this all like, and I guess like I understand like Twitter, not Twitter, but Instagram, like the algorithm, algorithms and the things that they show you is based on your search history and the stuff that you, I guess, look at. But like, come on, man, like it can't be everything can't be this. So like I have an Instagram. I don't get on there much. I get on here here and there, but like I follow one city that I've been to and literally all the pictures that pop up are just like women pulling their bikinis up their ass cracked and it was like, it's a all, like this is it like this is all y'all have to offer like I, I, yeah whatever we, we digress we digress put your clothes um, on ladies respect i'm not saying put your clothes on there's like <laughs> what is the I mean, payoff what's you, the payoff you're, you're like, right you're like, in a sense because I'm, like, I'm, like i said earlier the like to me TikTok is moving the moving the culture music wise and it was like a small blip where I'd see Twerkulator, but it was like she make a clap came, and that was that's the twerk song for the women. Um, the same with the um, that hot girl challenge and all. I mean, not the hot girl challenge, the silhouette challenge and the uh, bus it challenge and stuff like that. Like if you come up with these clever songs, you kind of move the culture. And it's like Twerkulator had a small brief run, and then you're right, I forgot all about that. I just thought, I think I found it. I think what's annoying about it to me is that the amount of people that are being horny and sexualizing themselves on Instagram, like, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but there's too many people on Instagram doing that for people to then turn around and shit on OnlyFans people. Like, at least on OnlyFans, you're getting paid, you're getting something from it. So I can respect, I, I, I honestly, I respect people more who are doing it on OnlyFans and getting paid for it as opposed to just people on instagram doing it for free like, yeah, yeah. and maybe you get a, maybe you get a sponsorship but like i don't oh gosh 
what are we doing? <laughs> Who is that? Yeah, so I that's what I'm saying. When like, I pull up, <laughs> what's the what's the payoff for random? Like, is it for like your own personal self esteem? Like, because there's always going to be another better looking half naked woman that's going to get more likes than you. So it's kind of like you're you're playing a game that you're never going to win. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you're not getting paid for it. Yeah, yeah that's not like, or you're, or maybe these people are escorts. This is the, yeah, they might be escorts, but. Yeah, I just like I said, if I, there's no, they don't have to put their clothes on. It's like I don't even know what I'm saying, but it's just like, god damn, like I'm trying to look at some food and shit, and this is like random hashtag, just ass all over the place. But I mean, God bless them. Hope they are finessing sponsorships or deals or partnerships or whatever. But yeah, on to Loki. So Loki came out the other day. Um, it was pretty good. Marcus says it was fire. Somebody said it was fire in the group chat. And I, I have my reasons for why I'm just saying it's average right now, but I'll get to that later. But uh, Disney is uh, holding it down for Disney Plus, man. Like they, they found a way to steadily keep people on there for a little while. So, but um, I think one of your churns is calling somebody. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> But Disney finds a way to keep us glued to the screens. Um, honestly, I need them to be uh, pumping us some Mandalorian propaganda right about now. Like, uh, I need that. That itch needs to be scratched. I need to see the helmet. <laughs> I, I, I don't care about none of these other stuff. Yeah, yeah, but the Mandalorian, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? This is the way. But Loki was cool. I mean, I, I, Disney's doing this thing with these, like, uh, old aesthetic. Wow, her legs are spread very far. Like, but for, for what? And if you watch on YouTube, definitely subscribe. You'll see what we're talking about. But uh, yeah, Disney's doing this thing with like retro aesthetics for their show. Like WandaVision went through like the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, present time. And it looks like Loki is using a bit of like 70s aesthetics with some of their stuff. But uh, Mr. Savage, did you actually watch Loki or... Yeah, I ran it through twice. Wow. Um, th- that's because I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't. I kind of didn't get the end, so I had to kind of rewatch it again to know what was going on. Like I, I guess he was like split into two or something like that. Um, and they're chasing himself. I mean, it was a it was a decent episode. It started out better in Wandavision. Um, and of course, because of what they do, I'm gonna continue to watch it because right now I'm, I'm a fiend for that lane, you know what I'm saying? I, I like Disney Plus, um, so I'll definitely watch it again. I follow the whole season. I'm not really interested in uh, whatever what's that shit? The Black Widow, I'm not interested in that next month, but I'm gonna watch oh, it that next month. Wow, yeah, hey, uh, July really 6th, 9th, promoted that at all. They, they did a heavy rollout the other day on um it was it was t- trending on on my Twitter, um just overall I mean it was cool I really like Owen Wilson as an actor I think he's a really funny guy so I'm glad that he got in, um and he he just has a way of just telling little funny jokes that you know are kind of relatable but he has that raggedy ass nose and he's, he's just a cool guy I like Owen Wilson, um the low key character. I like it too. And to me, that's the most interesting character that they built the show around so far, because to me, WandaVision, well, Wanda and Vision, they were cool, but I didn't really know much about them throughout the Marvel, like the cinematic universe. And 
you know, I, I really didn't care about Falcon or Winter Soldier. Like Falcon was just the random other nigga. I want to get to Wakanda. Winter Soldier was a, I mean, he was sort of interesting, but it's kind of like low key. It's a really interesting character. I kind of wouldn't mind seeing what's going on and where this is going to go right now. I'm kind of stumped. It's not very predictable in a way. Um, I didn't really understand how they're that technologically advanced, but still had stuff from the 70s and 80s from America. Uh, some of the other jokes about, hey, I'm going to cut you into a fish or something like that. And the guy didn't know what a fish was. Like, it was stuff that was kind of cool. It's going to be lightly funny, not like hilarious, but I think it has potential. Like I said, I ran it twice um, just because at the end, I didn't really get what was going on. I think I was like preoccupied or something like that. So I might have ran it three times. I, I did. I ran it three times. Jesus. So, yeah, those, those are my thoughts about it. I think it's a solid show. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's uh it's off to the best start out of, out of all the shows that they've had on Disney plus. Like I said, uh, um, Falcon and Winter Soldier, they kind of just got right straight to the action. Like they kind of showed you like, this is what we're doing. We're going to be an action driven show. Um, WandaVision, it took a while to build up what they were trying to do. Um, it was kind of a slow burn and it kind of like crescendoed at the end because like at the, the beginning, like we didn't know at what point they were at, what they were doing, how they got there, why they're there, what's going on or anything. And that's why they that's why they dropped two episodes because they knew like they probably looked at that first episode and was like, people ain't going to watch this and be like, all right, I'm going to come back next week and I'm going to be excited to watch this. It wasn't that. So they felt the need to drop two. But Loki is kind of like it picks up immediately off where um, it picks off like a little bit right before we last saw him. We, you know, disappeared in uh, uh, the first Avengers. So I like the show. I'm not a big fan of the character. I'm kind of done with him as a character and his storyline. I don't think he's that interesting. I think uh, Wanda has a little bit more interest. I think uh, Bucky could have been a little bit more interesting. I think they could have did a little bit more with him. But uh, it's a it's a good show. I just don't find the character that interesting. Yeah, like I said, my thing is, <clears throat> my biggest concern is what is the payoff for Phase 4? That's kind of my whole thing with all these shows is like I'm thinking about what is the payoff? Like this is time to the Eternals or like what what are we getting out of this? Because well, if Falcon and Winter Soldier got Captain America, yeah, 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 and well, we got oh, it, there hasn't been like huge. I, I feel like there haven't been huge like payoffs or like ramifications for anything in the future. Like okay, so now uh, Falcon is now Captain America, so we just basically got a new character. WandaVision, we got White Vision. But, like, we don't really know how that's going to play out and then what happened with Wanda at the end. That's kind of a big thing. But, like, for this, I don't know how they can end this to where it's like, you, why, did we, why, did, why do we need to watch this show? Is, is, that's always my question. Like, if yeah, you're but, someone who watches the movies, do I need to watch these shows to understand the movies? And so far, I think the answer is yes. I'd yeah, that was, that was the selling point for Disney+, Plus, which got thrown off by the pandemic, but... Yeah, I, I think that Marvel has has a track record that they know how to tie things together. Like they're not DC where they just haphazardly throw shit in movies and they're just kind of all over the place. Like you got multiple Jokers, like rebooting movies after the first one with Suicide Squad. Like I, yeah, Marvel has shown they know what they're doing. So I'm I'm, I'm gonna ride the wave. I'm gonna see what happens. Again, Loki's interesting, but not that interesting. It's just some kind of something to do right now. So. But 
Well, we'll see how it progresses. We'll see what happens with that next week's episode. I saw that on Twitter there was a tweet, I think, that uh, we actually put out talking about what sports moment makes you feel old. Uh, I didn't really put too much thought into that, but um, I'll let y'all shoot from the hip. Yeah, I said uh, Joe Horn uh, catching a touchdown in the end zone and pulling out a flip phone under the uh, end zone. Uh, like, and the reason I picked that is because his son was just drafted in the first round this year. And it's, that's kind of crazy. Like, I remember, like, kind of going crazy. Like, I remember how ESPN kind of blew that up, and I think he got fined for it. And it was, like, this big discussion about it. And he actually had uh, a phone under both end zones just in case, like, wherever he scored at. So I thought that was pretty cool. But that definitely made me – like, seeing Asante Samuel Jr. get drafted made me feel old. Like, because I watched his dad. I remember when his dad was a young player on the Eagles, like an up and coming player. And yes. now his son is in the NFL. I'm like, what the fuck? Falcons legend Asante Samuels. Oh, God. <laughs> the last Falcon DB that could intercept passes, but anyway. <laughs> that could catch a pass. Yeah. Mr. Savage. Oh, this one is kind of tough. I'm going to go with. Um, I remember the last shot as a kid. And like I just, I think I just seen that. Um, I remember the flu game too, which was in '97 or '90 something. And are we up on like the 25th year anniversary or something like that? Or it, it's been a long time. But uh, those major Jordan uh, like deals. Um, the somebody actually put this, but the uh, the home run chase summer of '98. Yeah, that was a big one. Okay. Was huge. I, I remember. I hate baseball, and I still participated in that. So yeah, I, I think another one actually. I just I just thought about it. Um, seeing a video this I guess this past weekend, LeBron's kid had a high school game that him and Drake went to, which is kind of weird. But I remember being in high school and people saying like, "Hey, are you going to watch LeBron's game today?" Like it was a because they were putting it on ESPN. That like I think that was the first high school basketball game ever broadcasted on ESPN and that was a big deal and to see him back then playing high school on TV to now his son is playing on TV in a way bigger stadium with you know way bigger stars and all this thing it's just like it's crazy how time kind of just goes like that where you're just like one minute he's a young phenom the next minute he's like an old washed up not washed up but you know what I'm saying he's been he's been away for 18 years I'm not gonna call him washed up but you know what I'm saying I mean, yeah, he's got, he's changing his number from 23 to 6, so it's, it's supposed to be heel season LeBron, apparently. I don't know. I mean, if it motivates him to be better, but, I mean, that's not going to make the roster any better. So maybe there's somebody they're trying to recruit that wants to wear 23 or something like that. But, um, yeah, the, the point you made about LeBron James being airing the ESPN in his uh, high school, I mean, and people wonder why ESPN has latched LeBron so hard versus developing any other stars. Like, he's, he's paid the bills for the last – He's keeping lights on. Hasn't missed a payment yet. Like he is must see TV and gets them, gets people talking, gets ratings going. Like he he is the guy. Shout out to Lorenzo Rainey and MC Cooper in the chat. Appreciate y'all jumping in. Subscribe to him. You had him, him changing his number was a, a story on ESPN. Like it's that's like it's a it's a topic that they felt the need to talk about. Like it's a first take, like what does numbers what does LeBron James going from 23 to 6 mean? It's like, 
you know the playoffs are still going on right now. You know, like there's a like the Clippers are down 0-2. The Suns are ball. Like there's a lot yeah, of storylines going on. You're talking about LeBron changing his number back to six. Yeah, they kind of and I I I kind of casually look at basketball here and there, but they were trying to bury Chris Paul. They were pretty much saying that like, yo, his arm does not work. Like he is done, and then he apparently is balling out of control now. So it's like it's one of those things where like it's it's hard to believe people in the quote unquote media. So it's kind of like, yo, is he done or not? Because it looks like he is uh, holding it down with the Suns. But, I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, the Lakers, their fans are going to fan. Uh, ESPN yeah, does need to move but away from LeBron, but they're not going to. It's too it's too easy. Like, it's it's too easy. Got to push the propaganda at all times. So, But real quick, to stick on basketball, um, kind of smelled a little bit of a pack last night. Uh, it was a bit of a pack watch last night with a, a team from a certain city in Georgia that have got a lot of fans excited. Um, yeah, it's it might it might be a wrap for the Atlanta Hawks, man. I got a lot of uh, Atlanta folks on my Twitter shout out to y'all, but y'all are really obnoxious, man. Like super obnoxious. Y'all can't enjoy y'all can't enjoy anything. Everything is about like oh they didn't believe in us and oh y'all kept saying Trey Young isn't the star and oh oh you know. Trey can't get any calls, and oh, Trey is a superstar, and it's, it's so fucking quiet in here. And just like, come on, man! Like, just, just enjoy the game, enjoy the ride, man. Enjoy the ride. Everything you don't have to be so, so vindictive, and everything has to be about you, and just like you just need vindication at all times. Oh, oh, Trey's getting locked down. He had twenty five points per game. Like y'all still lost though. Like, but whatever. This is a great season for the for the Hawks. Honestly, it is. Like, it's the thing where like, Atlanta Twitter is too busy trying to prove something to the haters that they can't appreciate what they have. You have it. You have a young player who's exciting, who's some people find exciting to watch. He's young. You got a young team. They appear to have a better coach now. They play in the East. Um, they're good. They're going. They're going to be in the like from here on out. The play. The Hawks are going to be in the playoffs. Like they were in the playoffs the last two years that Trey Young has been in the league. But from now on. Trey Young is good enough. Trey Young and Clint Capella, um, that white um, white boy with the red hair, um, the other white boy with the crazy like bowl cut, and the other white dude with the mohawk. Not damn, how many white people? They got a lot of white people for an Atlanta team, but they have a really solid team. And from here on out, they're going to be in the playoffs as long as they don't get injured. So it's like if you come, if you get to the second round and you lose to the 76ers, who have been the best team in the East all year. No one's gonna be like, "Oh, the Hawks are trash. Like they suck." They can be like, "Hey, you guys had a you guys had a good year." Well, they, no, because it, they were hedging their bets, like, "Oh, look at ESPN picking us wrong again. Guess we gotta go out there and prove them wrong." And they won Game One, and then they're like, "Oh, look at ESPN being haters again." And then they start getting packed up, and it's no tweets. It is. It is. The tweets are now that, "Oh, look at Joel Embiid getting all these calls. He's seven foot tall. He's flopping." Bro, everybody flops. Dog. It's like, part of the game. Like you just gotta accept that at this point. Like yeah. it flopping happens. And then and the thing is, like Trey Young flops too. Yes, he does. He does a, a lot. lot. <laughs> uh, if you want to, there's only I feel like in my in my book, there's only two ways that you can win a championship in the NBA. You have to have either two top ten players on your roster, or you need to have a top five player, but have the perfect team built around them. That's the only way to do it. Like the, I, I think the, uh, the the series that's going to put that to the test is Bucks and Nets 
because the Nets have two top 10 players and James Harden and Kevin Durant on their roster. But the Bucks have a top five player, allegedly a top five player. And do they have the perfect team built around them? Maybe. It's not, it's, I mean, it's not a bad team around. It's not a bad roster, but it's like, which one of which one of these philosophies is going to win out? Do you need one top five player or two top ten players? And I think we I, I want to see James Harden come back. Like I know he's got a hamstring thing, and hamstrings are tough to come back from. But I I need to see James Harden back in the yeah, playoffs. He's, I, he's, he's, this, uh, he's this very season. important. I don't you think he's coming back for the series? series? Not series, series. I don't okay. think he's coming back this series. Um, because they don't need him. Um, at the end of the day, they almost—I mean—they hung around that that whole game, game three, and they almost had enough in the tank to still put um, the team away if it wasn't for Bruce Brown or whatever his <laughs> name is. I, I don't know what got in him taking the final he shot. Over he went full Carlton. But they almost had enough to to win the game without him, and the Bucks came out and played their asses off. And still almost lost the game. Like they are, they are completely outmatched. They do have a top five player. I feel like Brooklyn has a top five. I feel like Brooklyn has two players that are top six players. To um, the Milwaukee Bucks, they have one player that's top five, and I feel like Kyrie is probably top fifteen, top twenty overall compared to Middleton and Drew Holiday are probably top thirty, top thirty five. Um, as far as Atlanta is concerned, I, I do want to say another meaningless stat from ESPN. Um, I did see Trey Young is uh, first player ever, first seven games, 200 points, 70 assists, for whatever that that's worth. But, you know, they're going to give us erroneous stats all the time. Uh, it's good for the city of Atlanta to, to feel like they're winning, the, especially basketball. I mean, the last good team they had was a team with – Horford and Joe Johnson and all of them. It's, it's been a few years, so it's good to have that city on fire again because that is it's a good city. Like it's a very black city, and I like to see in all sports when Atlanta is rolling. Like it, it's good for us as a people. Like I, I like to see Atlanta win. Side note: I knew they weren't going to win this series. Like Ben Simmons is playing like complete trash. He can't hit a he can't hit a freaking so fish in the water at the free throw line. Uh, but you know, hey, Joel Embiid is—he's—he's he's out of control, man. He's—he's he's the way the way that Embiid has been playing right now in this series and in the playoffs in general is how Anthony Davis is going to have to play if the Lakers want to win a championship. Like you need to be the big man on the floor, defend, and get forty and fifteen. Average balls ain't doing that. Average thirty and twelve. Like you have to dominate the game. Get to the free throw line. Hit, hit your open shots, like get people into foul trouble, be a, a factor on defense. And right now, that's that's what LeBron needs. So hopefully him changing the six will motivate Anthony Davis to, to be that guy. But I, I do follow a lot of people in Atlanta. I want I want Atlanta Twitter to be happy because <laughs> Atlanta Twitter never, is one of the most toxic happen. places. Never, never <laughs> going to happen. Never going to happen. And they should be happy. Like if – like. If the Heat were in this position, like I would be happy to be like, man, we you know we got to the second round, you know we took we stole game one against the best team in the East, and you know right now we're probably just gonna get dog walked out of here. But we had a great season, we got something to build on or whatever, and they're just too busy, you know, still shitting on Knicks fans, you know, still talking about how like you know no one believes in us and Trey Young's Trey Young wasn't an All Star, nobody respects him as a player. Like okay, man, just celebrate your guy and move on. 
Well, you say that as I saw somebody just tweet out a picture. Somebody spent money on a Falcons jersey, number 11, and it says Julio spelled W-H-O-L-I-O. Talking about my new jersey just came in. I really get petty for my squad. You're either with us or you're against us. Well, shut the fuck up. Man. <laughs> you spent $199 you spent $100 to be a fucking jersey. Like, Come on, man. That's emb- this is what I'm talking. This is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. Every day, all day, just mad for no reason. The man went to play with winners. It is what it is, dog. Like he still won't win a championship, but I mean, good for him. At least he'll make it to the playoffs, though. Yeah. At least what I'm saying is like a lot of people pick apart Ryan Tannehill and they're like, oh, you know, the Chiefs or whatever. But the same, the same people for the Falcons would use the San Francisco game we played last year, even the Chiefs game we played last year, on how we played against them, saying that, oh, we're good. You know, if we play our best, we can beat the top teams in the NFC and the AFC. So just take that same logic that you're using with a bad Falcons team and just transfer it to the Tennessee Titans who have a easier route to the playoffs. Because once you get in the playoffs, the same logic that Falcons fans use is that anything can happen. One, an injury could change the whole course of the playoffs. But if you're not in there, you're ne- you're never going to have the chance to find out. And that was probably Julio's logic at his age at this point. Like, shit, just get in and see what happens. A drop pass, a tip pass, a fumble, a bad call. An injury. Change your whole tra- trajectory. The tuck rule, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, if, if the trajectory of the NFL. If the Chiefs O-lineman doesn't get hurt, the Chiefs probably won the Super Bowl last year. Exactly. If their offensive line is healthy, they probably win that Super Bowl. But – you know what I hate, though? You know what I hate? Because I have such a disdain for a certain someone, I have to become a Colts fan this year. Like, <laughs> go ahead and win the win the division, baby. Fans, I need you to just lay it down. Let the Colts win it. They got Wentz. Let's, let's do it, baby. Just win. That's yeah. crazy. Jesus. I, I, whatever. I don't, I don't care no more. Uh, let's see. Yeah, the packs, the nugget pack is going up. Yeah, you can't have the MVP on your team and, and get packed up. That's that's a bad look. That's a bad. Oh no, it happens. It happened last year to Giannis. Giannis got packed up by the Heat in five games. You can't like, have uh, a, a goofy white dude as your MVP <laughs> and get packed up. That's the thing. But he's so, yeah, but he is so good. Murray, you know, they're missing yeah, Murray. He, so. he he is so like I thought they would get at least a game. Like it it seems like they're about to get swept. That's a bad look. Because I thought De- – like, I picked Phoenix in six. I thought Denver would get two home games. But, like, I just don't see it. I don't see how they – they just don't have any answers at any level. Like, from Chris Paul to Devin Booker to Aiton. And, and Jokic had 20 rebounds last night. They still can't do anything. <laughs> 20. So let, let me ask you this. Side note. Did you see that fight that was in the stands where they were like, where the dude was like, y'all are going down in four? Like, it was like, two dudes that. tried to sneak uh, a son's play, I mean, fan, and both of them got dropped. I was like, oh my God. Like, fans are wild it, now. It, it's, it's pretty bad. Like, um, Joe Kitch is, he's a good player. The Joker, he's a good player. They don't have any answers for Book. Like, Book was flat out cooking MPJ. Like, it was nobody's business. I mean, had the brother man on skates. What can you do? It was light skin on light skin violence. And I, I don't know what to say. Like, at the end of the day, that Denver pack, it, it's going up. And that Clipper pack seemed like it's coming right behind it, to be honest with you. No, right now the Clippers are up on them. On the, 
Uh, you or yeah, Utah. They're up, they're winning right now. Okay, so then wait. Now let me ask you this because I, I brought this up. So speaking of Utah, Stephen A. Smith this week. <laughs> you know how this nigga does. Yeah. Basically, and, and you know what? I'm not condoning the player that I would say is the greatest player in Utah Jazz history, but. Stephen A. Smith comes out and says Donovan Mitchell is the greatest player in Utah Jazz history. Marcus, what is your thoughts on that? That's a tough one, man. I mean, Donovan Mitchell's only been playing the league for what three or four years? He's been the, he's been yeah, I think four years. He's been to the playoffs, I think, every year except one, I think. I can't really remember. But yeah, if you if if Stephen A is doing this in a way to get Carl uh, Malone at the paint, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with him saying like, "Hey, Donovan Mitchell over Carl Malone all day, every day," because of Carl Malone's disgusting past and the things that he has done. That for some reason doesn't seem to get brought up ever in in mainstream media. I don't know why not, but he is a terrible person. Actually, I think I, know, I just thought about that because uh, they're they're usually quick to pack up black people like for any type of infraction, moral, anything like that, but. Where where did he play for? Where did he play at? Yeah, yeah. He's so, he's the he is the the son the the token black guy of Utah. Like that's their that's their one. You know what I'm yeah, saying? They're gonna defend the their black child until the end, regardless of him being a pedophile. So, he just yeah, he, he's super indefensible. I think I'm not as offended by that as I am offended by people saying that Donovan Mitchell is reminding them of 2006 D Wade. Like, let's not do that. He's not. He's not like we Donovan Mitchell is a is a good to great young player. He's a good scorer. He can put the ball in the hoop, all that stuff. But we gotta we can't forget what D Wade was in 2006. And we can't forget that D Wade does it on both sides of the ball and is probably the greatest shot blocking, rebounding two guard in NBA history. So like Donovan Mitchell's not doing that. Donovan Mitchell's a better shooter than D Wade, but he this is what, D, what Donovan Mitchell is doing is great, but let's not say that it's on D, Dwayne Wade's level from 2006. Yeah, clearly John Stockton is an all-time great. And as much as I don't condone or like Carl Malone being 20 and somehow impregnating a 13-year-old and sweeping it under a rug, because let's, let's go ahead and put them all the way out there, allegedly. Um, well, it ain't no allegedly. It's his child. And he does yeah, they did a DNA, t- DNA test on it. <laughs> yeah, so it's not even allegedly. He did that. A college student dating a middle schooler. So he's a six foot ten, six foot eleven sicko. Um, you know, and for some reason he, he got a, a statue. But my thing is, why are we being disrespectful to John Stockton, to uh, Darren Williams, to, well, Andre Karolinko wasn't. Andre Karolinko wasn't. He was nice. He's nice. Yeah, 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 been, he, here's he, the thing. Donovan Mitchell hasn't been in Utah long enough to be in the conversation, honestly. Like yeah, that's that's where we got to start at at first. He ain't been there long enough. And Utah, Utah will never win a championship with that statue out there. It's not gonna happen. You cannot no, have first. You cannot have a statue of that man with that past in front of your stadium and expect to win a championship. It's and you know the happen. thing that, that really sucks about the guy is he doesn't show any remorse for this stuff. Like all he did was take himself off of social media. Um, maybe about four or five years ago when it kind of resurfaced around and just went in the hide. And then he just like, Hey, I, I'm not going to say anything about it. It is what it is, you know? And yeah, that, that's some sick stuff. Like when you think about it, um, you're all, 
Okay. I mean, to be fair, in this day and age, you can literally just tweet through anything. Like somebody's gonna do something wilder within like twenty four hours. Like again, mm-hmm. this 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 mm-hmm. TI thing has kind of like come and gone. I was like, yo, dog. Like I thought they had all these witnesses. I thought they was about to go to jail. They're over here doing. Which TI thing? Yes, he, he has something every three months. So. <laughs> yeah, and then like the whole uh, like the Sean Watson thing. That shit kind of. It was it was hot and heavy for a second. Now it's kind of disappeared. Like what's what's going on with that? So it's just like, I get it, but like the whole statue thing was a bit flagrant in my opinion. Like, why are you bringing more attention to this than than what was really needed? Like they could have put a banner inside the building where you had to pay money to go see it, but like to be like, yo, dog, this is what we endorse. This is what we want to represent our franchise. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a bad look. Oh yeah, it's it's hella problematic, but um. Tia might be going to jail. Maybe. I don't know. He probably should go to jail, but probably not going to. He's got money. So, but um, real quick, because uh, it's about sushi o'clock for me. Uh, I do want to, uh, I do want to slander my timeline real quick before I uh, head out. And I, I really thought I had real friends on Twitter, but like, why were none of y'all like kind enough to me to convince me to watch the boys like i finally binge watched the boys that shit was fucking hilarious like y'all did a terrible job of selling the show like there are so many quality memes that come from that show just quality content like homelander might be in my top like five characters of all time like whoever that british guy is he is an excellent actor that dude is a fucking wow just look up if you've never watched the boys just look up, type in Homelander gifts, and just look at the gifts, and that should compel you to watch it. Because this this dude is an animal. Like he is a he is a menace to society. Like you just be chilling, he just shows up. Like, oh, what are you talking about? It's like, bro, I know you know what I was talking about. You can hear me, dog. Like you see the walls. Like just wait for you to lie so you can like crush your skull for no reason or laser your skull out with his like god damn dog. Like yeah, definitely. If you haven't watched the boys, watch that shit. Like I highly recommend it. If you don't like it, I'll give you a dollar. That shit is that shit is that good. That shit is excellent. Anywho, yeah, you have damn you haven't watched it. I haven't seen a single minute of John Wick either, so don't feel bad. But watch the boys. This shit is great. Let's Shots get to the real. Let's, let's, get, let's get to the real. Let's get to the real meat and potatoes of why we're here tonight. Let's go ahead. And, let's go ahead and do this. Oh shit! Is oh the, yeah, I'm ready. Right shit. <laughs> markets. First, <laughs> I didn't know if there was anything else. <laughs> Yes, I wanted to get to to some of this before you left. I mean, I I can. uh, Are we planning or not? I have a family. (laughs) (laughs) I do too clearly. (laughs) (laughs) This this is prime sushi hours, you know. Like I got, I got to pick up this this food. Uh, I I I will listen it. I will listen it. But yes, uh, good luck on your your journey. I already know this is gonna go. Uh, there's gonna be a lot of backtracking, but uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so, yes, y'all said it off. I'm out. Yo, 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 yo. This is us, me versus you. So of course, I came on the timeline with some hot fire. This fa- well, actually, it was the week before last. And so, what this is. This is the Atlanta legend, an all-time great in Atlanta, Young Thug, <laughs> is a better artist than Lil Wayne. Now, of course, I received all sorts of hate mail, D 
DMs, oh, what drugs are you on? You're crazy. You're this, you're that, you're this, you're that, you're this. So I'm taking the side of Young Thug, and I'm here to prove why Young Thug is a superior artist to Lil Wayne. So starting out, I'm not going to start with the BG's true story because Lil Wayne was like maybe 11 years old. Um, so he gets a pass for that. We start at The Block Is Hot. I felt like The Block Is Hot, Lights Out, 500 Degrees, all that Wayne is the Wayne most people don't pay attention to anyway because people are so caught up with the, the squad up and beyond Wayne when he really started to turn the corner when you could really see the skills were there. So the first few albums with, with Cash Money, they, he was not that good. Like He was the third to fourth best rapper, depending on which day. He had a better album. He had better albums than Lil Turk. Sometimes Turk would beat him on a verse. Sometimes he'd beat Turk. Sometimes I even felt like, I, like Manny was better than him, to be honest with you. I only thought he was better than Birdman. Um, when we get to the point of like the great albums, um, I'll, I'll say this. To me, Carter One is his best work, period. Carter One gives you a little bit of the mixtape, Wayne. It was well thought out, well put together. It's his most thorough, complete project. Carter Two was another good album. It wasn't great a little long. Everything after that has been garbage. And I think what people do is because the mixtapes were so fire and he's such a mixtape artist. And I want to say this about mixtapes. Now, there's a difference between a Wayne mixtape and a Thug mixtape. So with Lil Wayne, he's giving you the mixtapes from back in our day where essentially he's taking other people's beats, ideas, the guts of a song, rearranging them and going back over them. But he still has that skeleton in the guts. All he has to do is put his skin on it and he's out. So Lil Wayne, he gives you those. He gives you great. I mean, I'm talking about from drop one, from squad up, drop two, drop three, um, what what's my favorite one? I forgot what it is. Um, it, it was it was like a couple of them that he really did that were really good. No ceilings, um, just a, a bunch of really good mixtapes. And I feel like from that on, from part from Carter two all the way up to present day, I feel like Lil Wayne he half asses it a lot on albums. Like um, I went through and I took it upon myself because I felt like if you're gonna make these comments, Adolphus. You need to make sure you can back them up. So I went through bit by bit from the BGs, which was him and BG as kids before BG took that name and they, you know, dismantled that duo. I went through every album and I'm here to tell you Lil Wayne is overrated. Um, today, if he's on a feature, nobody cares about it. Like it, it doesn't do anything. A lot of his raps, they don't make sense at all. He's basically a punchline rapper. To me, he's the equivalent of a better sound in Cassidy or a more relevant Mike Jones in that sense. Like he can get on a track. He can spit a bunch of punchlines punch that don't really amount to anything on a track. And then he goes on about his business. His production since Manny Fresh has left has been God awful. He'll have a good song every blue moon. And that's pretty much it. So those are my thoughts on Lil Wayne. Marcus, I'll let you go and defend Lil Wayne. Okay. Um, I personally don't think that Lil Wayne and Young Thug should be compared to each other just because of the amount of music that Wayne has put out in his career. 
and how long he's been putting out music compared to Thug. And um, when it comes to like historically, I don't think there's anybody that has put out the amount of music at in high a high level as Lil Wayne. Like Lil Wayne's been putting out music since he was like under eighteen. And for the most 11. part, they've been, yeah, since he was 11. And they've gone from, like, you know, he he hasn't had, like, every album hasn't been great. But he's been rapping at a pretty high level for a very long time. And I don't, I'm trying to think if if it's between him and Gucci, like, who's put out the most music ever as a rapper. And I'm thinking, oh, it's, little, I'm thinking it's Wayne. I don't know. I Gucci think. Kind of I mean, he's got a ton, but I, I, like, I think it's still, it's still debatable. And I just don't know if Young Thug has the catalog to really back anything up as far as being a superior artist like you can you you can see the influence that Lil Wayne has had on not only Young Thug but like Lil Uzi Vert, uh Polo G, uh Takashi 69, uh Trippy Red, uh a little bit of the Migos like when you talk about like <clears throat> uh putting out music, like putting out tons of music like it's it was him and like Gucci Mane was doing it, but we're talking about like an artist that's a big deal, like a big star. Like they weren't doing that like the way Wayne was doing. Like Jay-Z wasn't doing that. Kanye West wasn't really doing that. Jeezy wasn't really doing that once he blew up. Like we didn't see big time artists put out music album after album, mixtape after mixtape. Wayne was the first one to do that. And then after that, like Future started doing it. Like Griselda's doing it. Um, other acts are doing it now. We look at how these kids dress. You know, Wayne was dressing like that in 2004 when it was like actually weird and not just like, you know, it's kind of weird now, but like a lot of kids dress like that. All the tattoos, tattoos on the face. Wayne did that in 2006, having dreads with colors in it. Wayne was doing that in 2006. Like a lot of the things that kids are doing now, Wayne was doing almost 20 years ago. So his influence is his influence and impact is still felt on the music industry in and outside of the booth. And I I feel like if you go and you look at Carter's one through six, if that's all he ever did, that's a that's a great career, honestly, for any rapper. And there's a lot of like behind the scenes things that happened with Wayne when it came to especially like Carter five. He wasn't able to put out a lot of the songs because him and Baby had a back and forth as far as like contracts and what songs. Like he didn't even produce Carter Five. Like he didn't know what was going to be put out. He didn't even get a chance to listen to it. He just knows that he did the songs, but he doesn't. He didn't know what songs were going to get picked. He's having a say in it. So, and there's a lot of stuff that that is going on with the, his career outside of the booth. But I mean, not a lot of rappers have had the type of run that Wayne has had. Yeah, twenty albums. He's had He's a, been a, a part great of twenty. Like I saw, I saw some of the numbers that they did for him. Like in two thousand in two thousand nine, uh, Lil Wayne was on. He was featured, just featured, on forty three songs. That's just in one year. So if you go from two thousand nine, he was featured on forty three songs. Two thousand ten, he was featured on forty three different songs. Two thousand eleven. He was featured on 37 different songs. 2012, featured on 44 different songs. 2013, featured on 46 different songs. These are just features. This isn't even his work. 
This isn't even his own original material. This isn't mixtapes or albums. If you're an artist and you put like that's a lot of content to be putting out. So like I I'm not really expecting him to be rapping at the super highest of levels now because he's had probably five careers in one when you consider how much music he's put out. And to compare Young Thug to Lil Wayne is almost like comparing Jacquees to Usher. Like Jacquees is still too new, hasn't done much. He has some hits. He's a or, or even Bryson Tiller or Black or whoever. But that's it's like you're comparing him to an, an actual legend in rap. Like that's what Lil Wayne is. He is a all timer. You know, so I, I just don't I I just feel like there's not a lot to stand. And I and I, I like Young Thug as a feature artist. I think as a feature artist, he's one of the better ones out right now. But uh yeah, I I don't see it for Young Thug over Lil Wayne. And I wouldn't see there's probably maybe like five artists I would take over Lil Wayne, like ever. That's it, ever? Because it's, it's quite so. a few. Um, I, I will say this. I agree with you to an extent. Like, when Wayne had that wave, he was getting a lot of features. But I'm looking at his, his actual work. It, it just has suffered. And maybe that's the reason. And, well, the one of the reasons why I wanted to do this was because I remember when Rich Gang came out, and you had this guy that just looked like a taller Lil Wayne, very similar style. Um, but in that Rich Gang album, well, I don't know if it's an album or mixtape, but they put together a really close to flawless project. Like it was really good. Even Birdman was unskippable, um, which is a good thing. Um, my argument just against Lil Wayne is just, you put out so much stuff and so much of it is junk to me. Like, it's just not good. Like once I get to the Carter three, it's probably, I want to say, I know, I know it's over 17 songs. It's probably only three of them. Well, no, no, Carter three is probably five that are good. Carter four is the one that's really bad to me. Um, there was nothing that was too memorable about it. I know I got a Grammy. It um, sent me like a song with uh, him, Drake and Jadakiss. And I was like, I mean, this came out in 15. It was when Drake was still a little bit annoying. Jadakus did his thing. Wayne just kind of was like, eh, whatever. And it's like on that whole album, it was just garbage to me. Like, it, it, Six Foot Seven is on there. I didn't so really I care like, for that song. I felt like they just redid a Millie, to be honest with you. Same John? Concept. John with Rick Ross is on there? Rick Ross wrecked it. Well, Wayne was not. Right, I mean, it's, it's personal opinions, but maybe I grew to a point where I just got tired of Lil Wayne. But to me, peak Lil Wayne is 2003 Lil Wayne or 2004 Lil Wayne to 2006 Lil Wayne. That was peak. After that, everything else has been a downward slope. The things I like about Young Thug as a featured artist is one of the one of the better artists out there. And it's like as I grow older. You know, this week I was fortunate enough to run back uh, Thugger Girls. Um, I ran back Jeffrey. Uh, Barter Six still wasn't that great, but I ran back Barter Six. Um, just ran back a lot of his work. And his work to me is he puts out good quality stuff. Like, it's not all unskippable, but it's like anytime this guy touches a track, it, it's like a superstar is on it. And that's how I feel about the guy. Like, I really think... He's that dope of an artist. Like he's 
every good thing you may like about Lil Wayne, outside of the punchlines and the lyricism, is Lil Thug. I mean, it's Young Thug. Like, he's right there with them. And I just feel like overall, he's a better overall artist. Like I said, the things with Lil Wayne, I didn't like the funeral, didn't like the rebirth, didn't like the Carter Five, didn't like the Carter Four. This is me spitballing. I'm not even looking at anything. Um, it'll be a couple songs here and there that I like. Like uh, I think FWA was a rock album, so I'm not going to include that. Um, but it's just been a lot of duds the last few years, and he started out with a lot of duds too. Well, it, just um, seems, it seems like you're comparing. Like right now, what you're doing is you're comparing. You're comparing Washington Wizards Michael Jordan to. 1997 Kobe Bryant. Like you're comparing someone that has six championships, five MVPs, had a great Hall of Fame career, was arguably the greatest player of his era. And now he's older and now he's, you know, like Wayne isn't going to keep rapping for that much longer. Probably he's probably he's been been washed for 10 years, 10 years. Nah, he hasn't been washed for 10 years now. He hasn't been watched for ten years, but you're, but that's what that's what we're doing. Like it's one thing to look at Michael Jordan. Like if nineteen ninety six Michael Jordan was playing against two thousand one Kobe Bryant, that would be more of a competition. That'd be more of a discussion. But we're talking about you know Michael Jordan on the Wizards playing you know two thousand one Kobe Bryant. Like obviously Washington Wizards Michael Jordan isn't going to beat uh, Lakers Kobe Bryant and Lil Wayne currently isn't going to beat uh, Young Thug right now because Young Thug is still on the ascent and Lil Wayne is on the probably on the downward slope of his career. But if Young Thug was rapping in 2004, or if, two, if you put 2004 Lil Wayne in 2021, he's running rap. He's probably going to be running rap. And he's had the influence and impact on that to kind of show that, like, who has Lil Wayne not been on a song with outside of like Young Thug? Like that's the only artist he hasn't really worked with because there's some sort of beef between the two. But he has worked with and and you can even go outside of rap because he's worked with rock artists. He's worked with pop artists. He's worked with R&B acts. He's worked with uh, male groups, female groups, white singers, black singers. Yeah, I don't know if he's I don't know if he's dipped into yeah. the I don't know if he's dipped into the to the Despacito type stuff, but. He's literally worked with every um every artist of note during his run. He was an artist that people were wanting to have on their projects. They're like, hey, in 2006, 2007, if I'm dropping an album, if I can get a Wayne feature, I want that. People were reaching out to get a feature from him. And I just I look at Thug's career, and obviously Thug's got some mixtapes out there and I like which one did I like? I like the uh Thugger Girls, but I listen to that and I'm just like, yeah, that's Lil Wayne did that on How to Love. Oh shit, my bad. <laughs> so it's like you listen to How to Love from the Carter, the Carter Four, I believe. That's 2011. Like Young Thug is just recreating, like he's he's doing like the thing that we talked about earlier with the the Migos. And the flow that they say that they created, that's actually just from 3-6 Mafia, everything that Young Thug is doing is just Lil Wayne, for the most part. The way he looks, his aesthetic, his style, his flow, the ability to like go through different genres, Lil Wayne was doing that 10 years ago. And it's like, Lil Wayne has 
like, I don't know. Like, I just I look at some of the songs. Like, I've, I've been listening to the Carters a lot this this past week, and I look at the track list at least. And I and I'm not I'm not someone that's gonna look at these albums and say, you know, Lil Wayne has a bunch of classics because I think he's got one or two classics. What, what are his classics? I say the Carter two and probably the Carter one. I say he probably peaked at the Carter three, even though I didn't like. Like I, I distinctly remember when Carter three came out and Lollipop drops and that that blew up. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna sit this album out for the first week. And this was back when you couldn't stream an album, so you could kind of you could kind of get away from music back then. It can be like, yo, I'm just gonna I'm gonna give it a little bit of a week or two, and I'm going to get it and then listen to it without all the hype around it, the 106 and Park, the videos, the radio, and just kind of listen to it without all the noise. And I was like, this is fine, but this is not a classic album. I'm not going to deny the numbers that it did and, the you know, went platinum in a week and all that stuff. Like, kudos to you, but that's the peak Lil Wayne. I didn't, I'm not a big Carter Three guy, but I can't look at that track list and be like, yeah, this album is garbage and he's not good enough. Like, I think, it, like I said, I think if you if you're an, if you're an artist and you put out the you put out just the Carters, Carters one through five as an artist, and those are your only albums, you can look back on your career and say like, yeah, that's pretty good. And the thing that I noticed about um, the Carters is that usually the first five to six songs are really good to great, like from Carter one to Carter two, three, and four. All the first three to four songs are all bangers. And a lot of people can't say that. And Lil Wayne can say that. He's got he's got classic albums under his belt. He has a very long career. Young Thug hasn't been rapping long enough to be in this discussion. He just he just he, de- he deserves he just to be in this discussion. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does, like, man. Young, Young Thug has done a lot enough. of features under his he belt. Hasn't done enough. Young Thug hasn't done enough to even be considered a top five Atlanta artist. Like he hasn't surpassed Future yet. He's not better than Future. He hasn't had the same type of impact as Future. If anything, Future is someone that he needs to compete with. He doesn't need to be talking talked about in the same circles as Lil Wayne. Like I said, my whole point of this is I just feel like Carter Three, I kind of share a little bit of the same. Uh, viewpoint is you. Um, I remember where I was at when I heard the album before it came out. Um, I was in the clubs, so I knew exactly what to expect. I bought it day two because it was, you know, we're coming off of the mixtapes. We're coming off of Carter one, Carter two. And I didn't, I think Carter two is really close to being a really good album. It's, but too, it, it's, it's, it too, it's too long. That's, yeah, that's it's a little bit too long. There's a couple tracks that I was like, eh. Carter one, there's only probably about one track that I didn't like, and it's somewhere between 10 and 13. It's just one track that I didn't like. Um, Outside of that, on the Carter three, to me, from that point on, it's just like the Wayne as we knew it changed. And that's the Wayne that we're currently stuck with. Well, he's actually gotten worse. Um, The Carter four, um, I remember where I was when that came out because it was so that was the one I think that was actually held up for a while. No, 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 I'm sorry. Carter five was the one that was held up for a while. I mean, but I mean, Carter three, like, come on, like three Pete is a, three Pete is a good song. Mr. Carter with Jay-Z is a good song. Millie's a good song. Got Money's a good song. 
Comfortable is a good song. Dr. Carter's a f- good song. Phone Home is a good song. Tie My Hands, Miss Officer, Let the Beat Build, Shoot Me Down, Lollipop, <laughs> Lala. Like, that's a good, that's a good, al- like, if anybody put out that album, people would be like, yeah, this is really good. This is really, there's some really good highlights in this. There's some standout, there's some standout songs. Like, we, we saw what Amelie did. Like, we're old enough to remember what Amelie was and the impact that it had. We were, we're old enough to remember what Got Money did, what kind of song that was. And I feel like we're talking a lot about Lil Wayne, but we're not talking about what Young Thug has done. Like, Young Thug, what, he invented Slat? Is that his thing? What does that even mean? Okay, Young Thug Lil came Wayne, in, Lil- immediately had an impact, like I said, with the Rich Gang. Uh, Barter, Barter Six, a tad bit long, but I liked it. What is Barter, um, what is Barter Six a play on? Hmm? Oh, Barter Six Carter, of course. But it was it was made because like because he signed the Birdman, right? Yeah, he was signed to. It was, it was basically a shot. Barter Six is basically a shot at Lil Wayne because I think Barter Six came out around the time where Lil Wayne was trying to get Carter Six out, and he couldn't because Baby was blocking it. So he's like, "Well, I'm just gonna sign this other guy. And I'm just gonna try to just make money off of him and try to make another Lil Wayne." He's doing his best job of doing it. But like, bling bling is in the dictionary because Lil Wayne. Slat's not gonna be in the dictionary. Slat is a slat is a term that white people use. White kids say that. They Jeffrey cool. was Jeffrey was an excellent piece of work over time that aged well. I really like Slime season three. Um, from there, Super Slimy was pretty good. I like so much fun slime language series. Beautiful Thugger Girls. Um, girls. I, I listened to that and I was like, I wish that um, artists like Drake would take that opportunity, take that type of chance that Thug did on that. Because I really enjoyed it. I, I was like, yo, he's really just out here going for it. And more artists should do that. But you know who got shitted on for doing that? Lil Wayne when he did his rock album 10 years ago. Because it sucked, <laughs> and it was no good. It was. Well, it did. It didn't suck. Like I went. I went back and I re-listened to like I am not a human being. I'm not a human being too. Those albums are not as bad as we think they are. I think it's one of those things where it just kind of it it got out of our hands to where it's just like one person says it's not good. It's different. Nobody likes it. It's the same with Jesus. It's the same with 808s. It's the same with all these. Uh, oh, it's, it's now wait, now with Jesus in 808, I feel like, and I feel like this hated Jesus. When people fall in love with you, everything's gold. When people don't like you, That's they hate true. everything. You Jesus is crazy. It is because crazy, you have people. It is I now people that are so against Kanye the West. Teamwork was no good. They'll say my twisted dark fantasies was no good. anything that. he touches is just no good anymore. So Nobody I do feel that. like when you. When you do start to say you don't like a person, everything he does is no good anymore. So that's what I'll say about that. But I did go back and listen to I'm Not a Human Being and The Rebirth. They had some decent songs, but overall, I just was not feeling the album. Like it was, it was almost torture to even try to listen back to them. You can't tap on me and say you enjoyed those albums. They were not good to me. They have some good songs, songs, but we're not going to sit back and act like. What he did wasn't more they it wasn't more criticized because it was different. What rapper was doing rock albums back then? This is like I uh, Rebirth came Rebirth came out in 2009. 
like you got to the, 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 the Lincoln Park album. No, Jay Z did his songs over rock beats. He didn't do a rock album. Like he did, a, he did, a, he did a mashup. But in two thousand nine, you couldn't do stuff like that. Like Jesus dropped in two thousand nine is getting shat on, even though I still like it. And it, it got it dropped in uh, the year that I dropped earlier, and people still didn't like it because as a culture, as and I'm gonna I'm gonna say it as black people and as hip hop culture. We don't like things that are different. It takes us a while to gravitate and to kind of understand and accept things that are different. It t- it took a while for uh, female rappers to break through because they're different. It took a while for white rappers. Of course, sexism, but and all that stuff. But like See, when artists when cool. artists test their sound when they try to do different sounds, it's more criticized. But now because Lil Wayne was doing that in two thousand nine, artists like Lil Uzi Vert can come out. And be weird like that, and it's like, oh, well, that's fine. This is cool. Uh, or just like trippy red can come out. than Lil Wayne did. Like to me, in my honest opinion, but you gotta think it's I 2009. Took, <laughs> I took my nigga ears out, and I listened to those albums from Lil Wayne again, and they still weren't good. And even with Jeffrey, when Jeffrey first came out, I was like, what does everybody like about this? Like, I didn't think it was that good at first. Over time, as I'm getting older, I'm like. You know what? This this actually has some good songs, and and like you said, with beautiful Thugger Girls, which I do really like now. It was some chances taken when it first came out. I was like, it's no way I'm listening to that. This, same with Jeffrey. This guy's wearing a dress. He's weird. He's doing this. He's doing that. I don't want to listen to it. So I will say that as a as a person that listens to music, I have grown, and I took that growth and tried to take some of the negative thoughts I had about Lil Wayne out and rerun those albums. And I did not think they were good anymore. I thought Carter four was a little bit better than when I first, you know, heard it. Um, Carter three was a little bit better overall. Um, you know, than when I first heard it, cause like I said, I'm getting older, but overall that rock Lil Wayne was no good, but that's not the whole album, but go ahead. I'm sorry. So real quick, I know you try to say like, yeah, he did that. He, Walked so little Uzi Vert could run and fly, but like the little Uzi Vert stuff is like it actually sounds good. Like, I'm gonna run this back, but I just looked up on uh metacritic.com and they gave it a meta score of 37, right? So I put in Jesus, which again, I think it's just little, little or Kanye West stands that love the quote unquote old Kanye just refuse to give it any credit because it doesn't sound you know the same with the soul samples. The same metacritic gave it an 84. So that's what I'm saying. Like, even though people didn't like Jesus, it still was a critically acclaimed album. It still was good. Like Rebirth, I don't think Rebirth has any redeemable qualities. I can run it back again, but I, I feel like it's, I'm going to have the same reaction to it. Now, I Am Not a Human Being was better than I initially thought because I think I thought that was Rebirth. Those albums were good. Yeah, those, those good albums, albums were good, but Rebirth, didn't Rebirth have the problem queen? Yeah, maybe, maybe I think, I think that's, that might be what I'm doing. I might be doing the I am not a human being series. So I remember listening to those. And I'm like, why did we shit on these albums? These albums are good. Yeah. But yeah, like, I, we, we did this at one point. And I did get the albums mixed up because uh, one of them has uh, I'm single, which I did think was a good song. Yeah, and uh, the song with him, Drake, and Future, which I think is probably his best single in the past decade. But I, I thought that was on a different album. I'll listen to it in the morning. I'm going to listen to that. I'll listen to the rebirth in the morning. But I feel like the point still stands that Young Thug isn't doing beautiful Thugger Girls if Wayne doesn't do rebirth. 
because that matters. Like Wayne was the biggest star, the biggest star going at that time. And for him to say, like, you know what, I'm going to go completely left and I'm going to start doing this rock stuff. But that's a big deal. My problem is it's not that I get that he did that. But if you're going to do that, do it well. Like, I mean, he's, Kanye, like, when he's, Kanye not, he's not a, he's not a rocker. He's a rapper. Like, it's hard. But I feel like a, even a with the auto-tune, Will Wayne is is probably one. I actually will boldly say I felt like Death of Auto-Tune was, was kind of a small shot at Kanye West, um, not just with the auto-tune stuff, but with the I'm going to send it to the mixtape wheezy. Um, I just felt like at that time, like, Will Wayne uses auto-tune. It sounds so sloppy to me. These newer I think he, artists, he's one of the better, you uh, better auto tune rappers. Mm, he's one of the I, better. I do not ones. like him on auto tune, he does not sound bad on auto tune, man. That's very popped out of kind of crazy when I first call me. Who was sounding like that? That's something different. It doesn't it's, sound like you, voice you can't that. listen to Lollipop and be like, that's not a hit. That's a hit song. Nobody said it was a hit, but you could still have trash parts that are hit. Like it, it that's just the main part. He was in auto tune the entire time. <laughs> like, you and can't say like the- uh, Static Major made that song. Like he, he's the reason why it was such a hit. Um. Okay, Drop the World was on Rebirth. So that wasn't the one. See, I, I get the R's. They they fucking confuse me. Yeah, maybe not, well, maybe we can talk about rebirth next. Yeah, week. we about to push that next week. I'm I'm actually listening to. I listen. I'm listening to it tomorrow. I just I'll listen I listen to just, it again. Like I said, I ran it at the beginning of the week because what I did was I listened to his newest work first and then worked my way all the way back. So um, I think yesterday I just finished up with Block Is High. And then I went to the BGs uh, to grab like his older stuff. I even ran some old cash money stuff with them. Like I really just went through the whole thing so that I could be well prepared for this. Like I said, the main point for me is I get what you're saying. He walked so so and so could run. His stuff does not stand the test of time. Yes, I does. felt like all of his auto tune just about is pretty sloppy. It's I not. didn't like the rock stuff. I feel like for the last decade. He hasn't had a big hit, in my opinion, and a lot of it is him living off of that mixtape wheezy fame. The Lil Tunchy thing has put out no hits at all. That's you just, just say, you just say like Lil mixtape thing, like that wasn't one of the greatest. It was ever. You make it sound like it's some sort of side note, like it's like oh he had this one little thing that he did. Oh remember when remember when Michael Jordan ran off and uh, they won seventy two games? Yeah, that little thing. Oh that time they won three straight championships. Yeah, twice. He, you yeah, know that when little thing. When the Warriors won seventy three games ever here. He when is Tom Brady won seven rings that one little time. Not a big deal. Mixtape rapper, he is the the best. He is the pinnacle, and I'll get that. Even though uh, Gucci has, I don't know how many mixtapes, his stuff all sounds alike. So I'm not going to include his. Lil Wayne is the best. If you're going the true form of what mixtapes were, rapping over somebody else's beats. Like I said, you take the skeleton. I get the concept. I'm gonna put my spin on it. Lil Wayne is better than anybody at doing that. Because he doesn't have to go for any formula. He could just grab it. He could spit. He could do it in the cadence that they did it. Everything's wired up for him to succeed doing it. And he does it better than anybody. But on albums, after Carter 2, they've just not been that good. That's just that's just my thing. I feel like Young Thug is putting out quality work. Like, I know, what was it, the the new slime language you said you didn't like, I believe? It's not I good. Like that. It's not 
maybe it's, and maybe we just don't uh listen yeah, we don't, to music we're the same but it's just like i can't listen to that and just be like i i, I listen to it i'm like the lyrics aren't there it doesn't sound great the production isn't great like it just doesn't do anything for me and i'm not one of those people who's like oh i hate these these new young little rappers or whoever like i like some of these younger newer rappers and i like what they're doing but young thug is just he's not doing it for me and i gave it an honest listen i like some of the stuff that he's done but honestly it's almost offensive to even be comparing him to lil wayne well, i am like, the prime offender about, then when you think about the things that lil wayne has done lil wayne has to his name five grammy awards to thugs one he has nine platinum albums to thugs one two of those albums went five times platinum and then that little, in that in that yeah in the era where, where it was harder to sell records where you actually no, had come on now I, I just seen a stat this week that said rick ross who come on he's only he's only been playing them one time when was the last time you bought an album when's the last time you paid for an album I paid for Schoolboy Q Blank Face was the last, not Blank Face, whatever that album was called. That was the last yeah, album. I Blank Face. So there's, there's been a lot of music that has come out since Blank Face. And I'm sure since Blank Face, that isn't the last album you listen to. So if you're listening to other albums, all you have to do is just listen to it. You listen to yeah, it. Yeah, but if you're, you're talking about and stuff it, come, it turns into and 05 and, and, and stuff like that, we were in different times. Like, okay. it's really hard the to go Car- platinum. The Carter 3 leaked. It leaked. Nobody had to buy the Carter 3 because it was already out. It was already out. You could just ha- you could just download it illegally and have it. But people still went out to the store and bought it, and it went platinum in a week. You can't do that in this era. There is no... Yeah, nobody. There's no like you just if an album's coming out on Friday, you're not listening to it on Wednesday on some bootleg website. You'll just wait. Like you'll listen to it, but you're still going to stream it on that Friday when it comes out. I'm not going to sit here and let you say that it is easier to sell records in 2005 than it is to do it in 2021 when you can just stream stuff. Think of all the guys in the early 2000s that went. Four, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven times platinum. Think who of the people in the eighties. Who went eleven times platinum outside of Eminem and Outkast and Nelly? That's it. Fifty Cent didn't go ten times platinum. He went nine times platinum. On what? On Get Rich or Die Trying. That was that was like nine times platinum. I'm not worth it up because I did. I, yeah, I think it, was, it might be worldwide. I think I know it was at least seven in the United States. But there's not there's not a lot of rappers going like back then. There wasn't a lot of rappers going, like rap wasn't what it is now back in 2004 or and even even in 2010. Like a lot of rappers weren't going five times. Like going five times platinum is a huge deal. It's a it really is, big deal. He's he was the most hyped up artist of all time during that time. And it was it was deservingly so because he was putting out hot mixtapes. He came off two fire albums back to back. He could have sneezed on the whole album and he would have went three times platinum. Let's be honest. So I mean, let's let's just take that and throw it out there because even Drake, as good as he is, how many times platinum has, has he ever, has he ever been three times platinum? Four? J Cole has he ever been platinum? Period. Like, you know, it, it just platinum. doesn't happen. Hmm? Going play, J. Cole goes platinum pretty regularly. That's this whole thing. But does he go platinum. five times platinum? No. Yeah, nobody does. 
as good as these new but no one was doing it back no one was doing it back then either outside of the five or the three people that i named like if you're not you know nelly eminem or 50 cent you weren't going five times platinum like maybe jay-z went five times platinum on the blueprint maybe maybe the black album went five times platinum but i just don't i don't think he was doing that he wasn't putting up those kind of numbers either because it's hard yeah, Ludacris was going three times platinum back then. You had Young Jeezy two times platinum, almost three. I mean, people, they were making that move. I'm sure, well, you said Outkast. So I, I just felt like if you're doing it by albums, all that was put into the young, well, not even young money, just the cash money machine, him taking the, the mantle, taking it how far he did. Like I said, I'm not going to ever knock the mixtapes. The mixtapes, they're great. He, he had some all-time classics like, I put the drought two as a mixtape and and no ceilings three against anything like anybody else's mixtape ever. He's right there. The albums just were no good. They weren't. And just because you're dropping out good product, you're featured all the time. Uh, just like with Drake, Drake can do whatever he wants. He's going platinum. He may not go five because they don't do that anymore. But it's just certain artists when you get so big, Nikki, she's gonna go platinum. Uh, Cardi B, whatever she touches, she's going to go platinum. If you take Cardi B and that hype train and transport her, transport her back to 07, she's probably six, seven times platinum. I mean, that's just how it works. Well, that's how it worked back then with them being that popular. Young Thug is not in the conversation for being the best rapper alive. When Lil Wayne well, said it. When, no, but, I'm, but here's what I'm saying. When Lil Wayne said it in the Carter 2, people were like, okay, maybe. When the Carter Three came out, it, he was definitely in the conversation, especially after that mixtape run. He was in that conversation where Lil Wayne was going around saying, "I'm the best rapper alive since proclaimed." I'm the best rapper alive since the best rapper retired, and people were legitimately saying, "Like, okay, maybe he is in the maybe he is the best rapper alive." It was a legitimate conversation that people have. Lil Wayne isn't the first rapper to say, "I'm the best rapper alive." Like, uh, I'm willing to bet every rapper has said that at a point, but we haven't taking every rapper that has said that seriously it was a serious and this was back when like new york radio was like running things where it was just like we're not taking i mean obviously like outcast ludicrous were doing what they were doing but they were never putting them in that category but like jay-z and nas and all the dmx ja Rule, all that lil wayne kind of forced them to be like all right now we got to start really paying attention like is this kid from new orleans the best rapper alive right now. And you, when you have New York radio stations having that conversation, that's when it becomes serious. I'm not saying the conversation hasn't been had. I'm just saying I haven't heard people say, is Young Thug the best rapper alive? Because when I hear about best rappers alive, it's always the same three guys, Drake, Kendrick, and J. Cole. I've never heard anybody say, well, what about Young Thug? I've heard people say, well, what about Big Sean? What about Nicki Minaj? What about Benny the Butcher? What about uh, Eminem? What about Jay? Like, what about all these other artists? I've never in my life when people say Jay-Z, Drake, and Cole, they've never been like, well, what about Young Thug? No one's ever raised their hand to say, hey, I'm throwing Young Thug's name in the ring for Best Rapper Alive because he's not. I've even I'll heard let you, Future I'll being let you in have your point. Young Thug puts out great music. He will eventually surpass Lil Wayne in your heart because me, Lil Wayne is overrated. Let me know when he surpasses Future because that's going to take some time. 
That will take some time. But let me. It may not because even with me, future is is another person that, and I and this is just me spitballing it because it's been a while since I ran his stuff. Future stuff is highly repetitive. Drought two, I mean not drought two. Damn, thought it was a drought. Dirty Sprite two with thought it was a drought. Great mixtape. He doesn't put out good albums. He puts out good songs every now and again. He's always doing I mean, some women wrong, taking some shots. He's a slightly overrated to me. He kind of puts out the same songs over and over again. But you know what? That's for another podcast at another time uh, where we can dissect Future because I think Future is really overrated. I would like to. I would actually. I, I would I would do that. I, I mean, but you keep going back to this albums thing and Young Thug only has one album to his name. He yeah, it, album, but see, like I said, mixtapes and albums were different from then to now. Now, you know, you drop a bunch of mixtapes that aren't the same as the mixtapes of the past because, of course, you can't really rap on other people's beats anymore. So I don't know if it's like a marketing thing or what, but people will have like a ton of product out and then just now drop an album, like after years. Uh, you even know Meg Thee Stallion with that. Like she has great product, Prior to her actual, does she even have an official album yet, or is it just yeah. okay? So she did just drop the official album. She had been cooking for two, three years already. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's a, it's just a different time with the mixtape and album thing. But yeah, we'll we'll, we'll touch on this uh, future thing because I'm ready for that because I definitely believe he's overrated as well as Lil Wayne. I think that we get on these hype trains, and that's the same thing to me with as much as I'm called Aubrey's Angels and stuff like that, Drake doesn't have a classic album. I mean, if you want to include So Far Gone, it doesn't hold up the test of time overall as far as the way it sounds. That was his best overall body of work. I mean, I know they include that as an album so he can get out of his deal. That would be as close as he gets to a classic album. He doesn't have one. But anything he touches, just like with the with the verse that he did for The Culture 3, I thought he mailed it in. Sometimes he does mail stuff in. Sometimes he kind of half-asses. A lot of artists do. Lil Wayne happens to do it a little too much to me. Because you ain't really come in the game with a style that nobody had. The biggest, a lot of people did, bro. I fought with a lot of people, but the biggest inspiration was that nigga Wayne. I'm going to let Young Thug in it. I'm going to let Young Thug in it for me. I'll let Young Thug in it for me. That's that's all I got to say. I'll just go with that as far as that goes. But uh, yeah, um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what to really do with the future thing as far as like his discography and catalog of mixtapes. Like obviously he's had a great run, but um, it could there could be an argument to be had about him being extremely redundant and... Uh, not as great as maybe people would like to think he is. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to upset the city of Atlanta, but anyway, I definitely uh, respect your opinion when it comes to Wayne. I thank you for what well, I'm just saying. It's going to be a difference of opinion. <laughs> Look, I've been listening to music for a long time. Like I said, Lil Wayne's been cooking for a minute and he's been, He's been the subway of sandwich. He's been, he's been cooking for a minute. He's been cooking like he for been a minute. For over 20 years. But he's subway, you know, and, and maybe I want Larry's or maybe I want 
you know, Jersey Mike's, I want something with a little bit more quality. That's my whole point. So on that note, you know, is South Breeze still in the building or is he sushi'd out? He might be sushi'd out. So switching up, last thing that I see that we're doing, uh, today is the exact 30-year anniversary of uh, the Bulls' first championship run. Uh, Michael Jordan, shout out to him in the Carmine Sixes. Who would have ever thought that that would lead to the type of run and the type of legendary things that we can see? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Like, Do, do you even remember that? Because I barely do, to be honest. I, I, I barely remember that. And it's like uh, I, I'm starting to see a lot of older people talk about um, what it was like to cover Michael Jordan back then. And the thing that I see a lot, and I, I do remember this, uh, the narrative on Jordan was like, he's too selfish. He shoots too much. You can't win with a, a scoring wing like that. Because back then it was like, do you have to have a big? You got to have a big. And it was just like, Michael Jordan got crushed by the media. Like crushed because he couldn't win the big one. He couldn't get out. He couldn't get out the first round. Then he couldn't get past the Pistons. And it was just like, well, then it became a question of can you win with Michael Jordan, which sounds crazy to say right now, but that was a conversation that was being had back then, and it's just it's just funny to see, like, the conversations that were had and that surrounded Michael Jordan back then and how we look at it now, and I'm curious to see how we look at, um, the conversations that we that surrounds LeBron James right now, how we talk about it 20 years from now, like when we look back, like. It's it's hard because his career is not over. But say, you know, he wins one more championship and gets to the finals maybe two more times, and it's just like, why did we think that this guy was a loser? Why did we think uh, Michael Jordan was a loser? Like it's there's it's just these weird conversations that people that surrounds basketball, and it's just like. We're really gonna call these guys. We're really gonna call LeBron James a loser. Like he's the we biggest loser. Charles Barkley all the time. And, and, yeah, but that's the thing. Like, why are we calling? Yeah, because Charles Barkley couldn't win it. He couldn't get past Michael Jordan. He's now a loser forever. <laughs> like, it's he was an MVP of the league during Michael Jordan's prime. Like, he beat out Michael, and it wasn't like one of those like you know a Derrick Rose type MVP where it's like, hey, I don't know. They probably they were probably just tired of giving it to LeBron. Like Charles Barkley was legitimately the best player in the NBA. And I think they were the favorites to win the championship. Like they went to the finals. And it's just like, just some of these takes and opinions on players, like on Steph Curry being, you know, overrated and uh, LeBron's a loser and Kevin Durant is this. And it's just like, can we not just enjoy these players and see like what they, like I, at this point, I almost don't even want to talk about legacies of players until they retire. So it's, it's cool to look back on Jordan's career and be like, hey, this is what he did. There's not, Nothing is going to change from the start of his career to the end of his career. So we can now fully appreciate and talk about it and actually dissect it. Like right now, we can't fully dissect LeBron's career or Steph Curry's career or Kevin Durant's career because they're still in it. So I, I just think it's funny that we thought that Michael Jordan wasn't a winning player. Well, you can even say the same about Kobe. Um I mean, God rest his soul, but let's be honest with you. It was for a while that even – it was a while from maybe 2012, 2013 to he retired 
were people that were saying he was selfish again. Why are you taking so much money? Does he really want to win? He's injury prone. He's washed. He's falling off. He's this, he's that. And then it was like that final year of that final run. I even remember people saying that final 60-point game, like, what is he doing? Why is he shooting so much? Uh, Why is he not trying to pass the torch, this and this and that? And then, of course, you know, he passes away, and the whole narrative kind of just changed. People are really appreciative for what he did. Um, Unfortunately, that's just how it is. Like, the media, the way they are, they love taking – hot takes. They love putting this player, player A versus player B. They do that in every generation, it seems, and will continue going forward. Um, You're right. We should take the time out to enjoy the scenery because I will say now I remember the 93 championship and I remember, you know, 96, 97, 98, and I remember the Washington Wizards Jordan and that was amazing. Yeah, there's, there's some people that don't even remember there's, I, I think there's a, ma- a majority of NBA Twitter. They just know six rings, Michael Jordan, and Michael Jordan that sells shoes. They don't really know what Michael Jordan was as a player. Like, they don't remember Michael Jordan as a player. There's a lot of people who don't remember uh, Charles Barkley being one of the best players to ever play the game. They just know him as – like, he's been on TNT longer than he's he was in the NBA. Like he's been doing he's more known for being on TV than he is for playing in the NBA at this point. So yeah, it's just like people MC don't Cooper is actually right. Like he's he's and I think it's a part of Shaq's thing and other players do it too. And it's so annoying. that's annoying. I hate when Shaq does that because it's like you have he has nothing else to stand on because usually his points are wrong. Shaq's big Shaq's big thing is like when Joel Embiid has a bad day, it's like, well, you know, what would you, what do you think Joel should do or what should the Sixers do? Shaq's just like, well, dominate. Just dominate. Just dominate. Like, okay. You can't help like you're not helping me. You know, it's like uh when uh who was I think it was Magic Johnson. It's like Magic Johnson and Barry Bonds, they beat when they became coaches, they sucked at it because they couldn't explain to the players how to play the game the way that they played it. Like Barry Bonds can see a pitch coming and know exactly what is going to happen and how to hit it. He can't teach that to you. Magic Johnson can't teach you some of the things that he does as far as like seeing the floor, moving the ball, fast breaking, throwing it behind the back, all that stuff. He can't teach that. He can't coach that to you. It's something that's just in him that he can do. Same with, um, who was I talking about? Uh, Magic Johnson, Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds. The things that they're doing, it's just natural to them. They cannot teach it, so they're terrible coaches. And Shaq might be the same way. Shaq had good for footwork. He wasn't just a big bruising guy. Like when he was in Orlando, he had good footwork. He was able to yes, run stuff like that. Like he was, he run the floor, things of that nature. So he just isn't good enough. He isn't good at explaining like, hey. This is what a player needs to do to get better and to dominate. Like, tell these players what they need to do. It's, it's it, To me, it shows a little bit of his insecurities because Super you're right. Whenever it's an argument and he's being proven wrong, shut up, Charles. I have four rings. You have none. This and this and that. But, I mean, at the end of the day, if you can go back and watch Charles Barkley play, like Charles Barkley, prior to him going to Houston – well, I said that second year in Houston when he did gain all that weight, like he was a, he was a flat out hooper. Like 
he could run the floor well. He he was a point forward. He could score. He could shoot. He could do it all. He was an excellent defender. Um, probably top five rebounder all time with ease. Like the dude was a baller. He just wasn't on teams that was good enough to get over the hump. Like even the team that he had with Houston with him, they were the big four. It was him, Pippen, Olajuwon, and Drexler. And I think they ended up losing to the Jazz that year. And I don't have no idea how they lost to the Jazz. And they barely lost. But it was like they just couldn't get over the hump. Like for whatever reason, they just weren't good enough. And sometimes that happens. But, you know, when you talk about Jordan, and this is the one thing that I talk about, I have been talking about late, lately with clutch players, like Jordan could do it anyway. If it's crunch time, he can make the pass. He can make the shot. He can make the steal. He can make the block. He was, I mean, I've seen on VHS and, and people KJ's age and younger, you know, it, it was it was something weird back in the day. We used to have these things called videotapes. I watched on a videotape the game of him in the playoffs versus the Celtics where he was doing their asses for 63. The dude was unstoppable. Like, they could not do anything with the dude. Like, if Jordan had that skill set with these rules, he would score 40 to 50 a game with ease. Like he was just that skilled. The only player that I think that's even close to him nowadays, as far as offensive skill set, Duran has a great skill set, but he's not the same. Harden is really close to Jordan without the athleticism. And he doesn't have the defense at all, but you know, you're missing out on some things. Uh, by not going back. I mean, we have YouTube and things like that to kind of go back and appreciate these things. And it's a good thing. Like sometimes I'll randomly go back and look at, you know, old basketball games to see how these players cook, Um, especially the ones that I don't really necessarily remember as well. Cause I would say my basketball memory probably starts at about maybe 93, 94. Um, That was when I was maybe seven, eight. Um, And then I can kind of retain the rest. And I remember going forward. So the, the great player that I remember would be Shaq and Kobe. I I remember those guys well. And of course, LeBron. And I mean, the one thing that we're going to miss out on is it's really a treat to have these all time great players, because I remember when the door closed on Jordan and before Kobe took off and it was like, okay, this is some boring basketball. We don't have any stars. We got to create new stars. You had your Steve Francis, your Catino Mobley's, you know, a bunch of little guys that were doing things that didn't really last. Uh, Tracy had a good run, but, of course, it was derailed by injuries. But we were missing that next big star. And it's like that's the one thing that I hope with your guys like your Devin Bookers and your Donovan Mitchells and different things like that, uh, your John Morant, your Zions, I hope that they're able to carry this mantle when LeBron retires because he is must-see TV. Definitely. I mean, I feel like Shaq is kind of the embodiment of, like, NBA Twitter sometimes, where it's just, like, you don't really watch the game. You don't really talk about it in any kind of, like, intelligent way. It's just rings. Like, Allen Iverson is not a loser. Charles Barkley is not a loser. Patrick Ewing is not a loser. Dominique Wilkins is not a loser. You know, all these – Carmelo Anthony is not a loser. If you – I, I, I bet I you can make – Yeah. I'm gonna let you get your point. Let me let me get this question in while you said that. So I seen earlier this week, it was a girl I was talking to on Twitter, and she was talking about that mm-hmm. iconic photo of Iverson stepping over Lou and how disrespectful it was, and he didn't win a ring, and blah, 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 blah. 
And I was like, okay, but that's one of the most iconic images that you'll ever see from the NBA. Like, I know it wasn't worth it. Hey, he'd rather have a ring, a, a ring, but come on, man. Like, this dude really made big plays like that. And this dude really was next up on the mantle. I mean, they really hated him, but, man, he had, he had a hell of a run. Um, go ahead and continue on with your point. I just wanted to kind of interject that piece right there because I kind of uh, remembered that. Yeah, but I mean, those people aren't losers. They dominated in their errors. Like they're one of the they, these are like all time great players. So to just say like you know these guys aren't good enough and they're losers because they didn't win a championship. It's almost like you did you not pay attention? Did you not watch what was happening? Do you not? You you, you just like put Iverson or Trace McGrady like put Iverson on the Spurs, you know. Put Iverson next to Tim Duncan. He's winning championships, you know. And I, I, I'm not trying to slander Kobe, but if you if Kobe gets drafted by the Hornets and the Hornets don't trade him, how many championships do we think Kobe has right now? Because Shaq is going to the Lakers regardless, and they probably find a way to build a team that like Shaq is one of those players where it's like, if you have Shaq, you will be in contention for a title immediately at that time. At that time with Kobe Bryant, I'm not saying that he wouldn't have won a championship, but I, and, and I guess I'm going to go back to the book that I read, the way that he thought and the way that he played, if he had did that in, in New or where were they at? The Hornets were, they were in Charlotte at that point? Yeah, they were still in Charlotte. Like, they're not winning because they don't have another guy that's better than him on that roster probably. Shout out to Chan in the chat. Oh yeah, always holding it down. We definitely appreciate you. Um, but yeah, we do. We, but we do need to start taking. We need to like acknowledge what's going on and what we're watching. Like we and people lied all day for weeks talking about after Kobe died. It's just like we're not going to do this back and forth comparison. Who's better, Kobe, LeBron, Jordan, LeBron, uh, Katie, Larry Bird, Shaq. Well, whoever, we're not going to do this. We're just going to sit back and appreciate greatness. And two weeks later, it's, oh, LeBron's ring didn't count because it was in the bubble. Oh, Giannis is a choke. Like, Giannis is something that we've never, and I'm I'm guilty of it too because I'm like, I'm a Heat fan. And I have, I guess we have, now we have a rivalry with the Bucks. So I kind of shit on uh, Giannis here. I'm not going to sit here and act like I don't do it. But like, Giannis is the type of player that we've never seen before. And and there's two of them, Giannis and Ben Simmons. We've never seen players like that. We've never seen a player like Kevin Durant. But we just we continue to shit on him because he's ring chasing, I guess. You know, he went to the Warriors. He left Russell Westbrook. Like Russell Westbrook, according to NBA Twitter, will go down as a loser because he's not winning a championship ever. He's not going to end his career with a championship. And people are going to look at him as a loser because he doesn't have a championship ring, even though he – has the most triple doubles ever. He's averaged a triple double in the season three times. He has two MVP. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> this is ridiculous. Some of these conversations. The times we live in the Stephen A. Smith, uh, Skip Bayless. Skip I mean, Bayless, even man, the, the LeBron hate is because of them. Like, if you and this is why it's not just a sports thing. It's with everything. If everybody conforms and likes something. If you're the person that goes against the grain, that's not what I did with the Weezy argument. That's my <laughs> opinion. 
But if you go against the grain, that's how you get buzz because people are like, how does this person not see the greatness? It's how you get interaction. Yeah, you people, I see people do that every day. Like even with women, judging women, they'll, everybody be like, oh my God, this girl is so hot. She's so fine. She's, She's that. One person would be like, her toes are ugly. And then, oh my God, everybody's attacking this person and they got the heat the same. We keep bringing up the girl, uh, pussy, auntie pussy head. I don't masters. know why you keep doing it. I, it's so, it's I get so uncomfortable when you say that person's name. I'm like, what is this? But just like with her, it's a Ray. Man, when I seen her in that movie, The Photograph, like I, I had watched the um, the Insecure a little bit, but when I seen her in the, in the photograph, I was like, man, she is drop dead gorgeous. Like, otherworldly beautiful. On in a sense of not your IG models, but sometimes we get so caught up in what women naturally should look like compared to what they should buy to look like. And it's like for you to go against the grain, everybody's saying she's beautiful and you're trying to make it seem like she's not and giving your reasons why not. And it's just like now you got the heat that you want. Now you're out here trying to plug and promote your stuff because and you have no way to kind of justify it. I mean, it's your opinion, and that's well, it's cool. That, it's, yeah. it's, it's like it's a guy that said like Sweetie was a seven or something like that. Then he, I can, I think it was a, I don't, I don't know if it was like just a Twitter nigga or just, or if it was that Kevin Samuels guy. I, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> sure which one it was. <laughs> I don't know which one it was, but someone just got on the internet and was like, "Yeah, I think Sweetie's a a strong seven. I'm just like, I'm, I'm not gonna, you know jump in and engage and go back and forth with them. But I saw what that did. Like it became a thing where it's like, sweetie is not a seven. Sweetie is a gorgeous person. Like that's not, let's not do that. Like you're doing that for attention. It's, it's, it's it just, I don't know. And, and you can, tell, you can, you can tell when people are doing it for attention by the way that they respond to things. Like I'll say, I'll, I haven't said it on this account cause this is, it's somewhat new, but I'll get on Twitter. I'm just like, yo, you know, Thriller, or I'll say uh, Thriller isn't Michael Jackson's best album, right? And people will say, well, why do you think that? Or you're crazy. And I don't, I, I'm not going to come back and like try to argue, not argue, but I'm not going to come back. I'm not, I'm not going to respond in a defensive way and then like go through your media and try to find a picture of your girl or your boyfriend and be like, well, this is who you're dating. Like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to let you know what I think. Like, I'm going to tell you like, hey, off the wall has no misses on this album. Thriller has a couple of misses, a couple of songs that could have been better. But when people say like, oh, Sweetie's a seven and you challenge them on that, they're not saying like, hey, it's because of this, this and this. It's more of like, well, your mama's dead. So fuck you. Like, what? <laughs> like, how did we get here? You don't even believe that. You're just talking shit now. Yeah. And I mean, it's been people that have made a living off of that, like Skip Bayless, Shannon Sharp, all the, you know, uh, Stephen A. Smith, you know, uh, he's on crack and stuff like that. Like he <laughs> made a living doing that, which we should actually, because I forgot about the Lamar Odom and Aaron Carter deal too. Okay, and so some more bows. So oh we have God. more to go through. Oh um, so anyway, we'll we'll tap back in on that one. But speaking of that, he's on crack. Lamar Odom, celebrity <laughs> fight. Aaron Carter, first of all, somebody tweeted this out, which is true. Lamar Odom, the first boxer I ever seen to sag his trunks. Uh, shout <laughs> out to him. Shout out to him for actually recovering from a drug addiction while you have people like Stephen A. Smith that are 
constantly throw, dragging his name in the mud, mud for being on crack. I mean, some people do have substance abuse issues. Uh, we also had Logan Paul versus Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather definitely robbed the bank with that. I don't, I don't even know. To me, I'll never pay for another Floyd Mayweather fight because it, when I'm watching fights, I want to see somebody get knocked out. I don't want to see somebody pussyfooting around. Uh, Logan Paul, Jake Paul, if you want any dollars from me, fight Mike Tyson, fight that's maybe Lennox Lewis or, or Evander Holyfield. But those two things, well, not the Aaron Carter and you know Lamar Odom thing, even though he looked pretty, he was in good shape. Logan Paul got all the media attention on ESPN, whereas you have the GOAT of gymnastics, Mrs. Simone or Miss Simone Biles, are going out again, breaking records, crushing records, uh, pushing herself to a different stratosphere from these other gymnasts historically. She gets zero coverage. I mean, what are your thoughts on that, man? I mean, we already know what it is. I'm going to take a quick break. I use bathroom. But give your thought on that. I'll be right back. (laughs) I think it's pretty uh, embarrassing what uh, ESPN is doing when it comes to the coverage of Simone Biles. Like, Simone Biles is clearly the face of tennis uh she is or not the face of tennis the face of gymnastics like there isn't anybody that is better than her like she is one i think she's she's had she hasn't placed less than first since 2013 i think or it's either 2013 or 2017 but it's been a very long time since she's lost in uh gymnastics or hasn't placed first like it's almost as if if Tom Brady would have won seven championships in a row. Like that's what Simone Biles is doing in her field. She's the face of gymnastics and she's taking it to another level to where it should be a little bit more popular than it is, but you know, uh channels like ESPN and Fox Sports are too busy focusing on like sideshows about YouTubers fighting boxers and they'd rather discuss that than prop up uh, Simone Biles. And I'm not saying it's because she's a black woman, but I have a hard time believing that if a blue-eyed, blonde-haired white woman was doing the things that Simone Biles was doing at the level that she is doing, that she wouldn't get a little bit more coverage. She wouldn't get more commercials or more publicity because we saw that in women's tennis. We saw how Serena Williams was dominating. We saw how Venus Williams was dominating early on. And they didn't get the same type of coverage, commercials, publicity, or opportunities as someone like the uh, uh, Maria Sharapova did. Like, Maria Sharapova is historically not a good tennis player. Like, in the world, compared to, like, the average person, yeah, she's a fine tennis player. But all times, as a professional, at that level, she is not one of those tennis players where you're going to look back and say, like, I remember watching her play. She is not that. But because of the way she looked, she became the face of tennis, even though she wasn't any any good. She didn't win a lot of tournaments. She didn't win a lot of uh, majors or anything like that. Simone Biles is on a level to where she is just doing the Olympics for fun. She's not doing it to compete anymore because no one can compete with her. She is on the Mount Rushmore of American Olympians of all time. And 
I saw a video that was posted. She she has a a, a routine, and there is a move in the routine that is called the Biles. And it is called the Biles because she's the only person in the world that can do it. They have certain moves that she and only she can do that are banned from certain competitions because no one else can do it. She is the modern day um, Bill Russell. Like when Bill Russell first started in college, it was either Bill Russell or Kareem. One of those two, one of the uh, older centers, they took um, dunking. They made dunking against the rules because no one could stop Bill Russell from dunking. So like, you know what? No dunking. No one else can do it. And they took that out for a while. And then eventually they're just like, hey, we just can't take this out. So, but that's what they're doing to Simone Biles. So to say that she's not one of the goats in athletics is to just be ignorant and not understanding what you're seeing. And and honestly, I don't really blame a lot of people for thinking that because like we like we talked about earlier, ESPN posted 17 Instagram posts about um Logan Paul or Jake Paul, whichever one. And they didn't post it. They didn't post anything about Simone Biles. So it's like, for the most part, we are sheep when it comes to certain things. Like, if we don't see it on social media, it didn't happen. We're not going to follow And maybe because they don't think that people pay attention as much to it, I guess. I'm not sure. But, I mean, even Michael Phelps and Usain Bolt, they had their run a little bit. But yeah, what she's doing to still be such a young woman and able to do it, and this is actually a sporting event, is big time. It's major. Like she is really a young goat. Like, and it's gonna be, she's somebody that's transcending the sport, as somebody that needs to be talked about. But to me, it, it it's damn near similar to the WNBA. You know, we don't, they don't feel like it's important enough to really talk about like that. So they gloss over it a little bit and it's like, Hey, we'll go on to LeBron going to number six. We'll go on to, uh, I'm sure they had Drake and LeBron and J.R. Smith going to the game yesterday, a high school game, you know, and just, uh, they, they control the narrative as far as what they think that we would like to see. And if they don't think that we like to see it, then unfortunately it's not something that they're going to show or support. And it's kind of like I was I was keeping tabs on what was going on um, with Mrs. B- well, Miss Biles because it's like we're seeing something or we're we're a, we're witnessing greatness, like like MC Cooper said earlier. Like we're witnessing something that there may be a chance we may not ever see someone as talented as Simone Biles again. Um, why not give us a sneak peek about her? Why not talk about her? The Jake Paul stuff, the Logan Paul stuff, it's cool. It's not sanctioned boxing. Uh, Floyd Mayweather is not 50 or 51 and, and O at this point. Uh, if you actually watched the, the fight, it was, it was sloppy, actually both fights were sloppy. Like you, you have two guys that tired out real quick. Uh, Floyd has no knockout power in either one of his hands anymore. He's had hand surgery. Um, And at one point, he did knock him out on his feet and still held him up. I don't know what that was all about. Knocked him out early. (laughs) Yeah, it's just – and it's the same. But, I mean, the Tyson and Roy Jones thing, it was kind of cool. And to me, that's what kind of set the precedent for this because that was like almost a fight of a century – last century 
But even that, two older guys, Roy Jones Jr. looked slim, extremely sloppy. But during the pandemic, these are the type of things that they feel that are going to keep us entertained. Uh, the Pauls, they have, well, not so much as Logan. I mean, a lot of people don't like him because of that um, Japanese suicide incident. But he's tried his best to clean up his act. Nobody likes Jake Paul. They're going to tune in to see anybody knock out Jake Paul. So the Tyron Woodley fight is going to be heavily publicized in August. People are going to tune in because at this point, he's the super villain. We want to see him get knocked out. But it's like over time, when you start losing those fights, it's the same with the UFC. Over time, nobody wants to see it if you're just going to get your ass kicked. Why not see something legendary? Why not tweet about something legendary? Like even with your um, when Tiger Woods had his run, even with Michael Phelps, um, when you had Roger Federer, Rafa Nadal, and now Novak Djokovic, um, seeing Serena and Venus Williams, Simone Biles, all of these people are actively doing things we've never seen before. Yeah. But they'll choose to talk about something random or overload us with Dallas Cowboy talk or, you know, what is Aaron Rodgers doing this week or, you know, what what is – this person doing that week that that's all they feel that we care about and honestly that's why i no longer really watch espn uh just because they run the same narratives the same stories over and over again yeah the most the most times i watch it is when i'm at the gym it's always on on the tvs um i'm just trying to figure out what why are all these boxing matches happening like chad johnson was fighting somebody I saw like lamar odom i was like why is he fighting who is he fighting why is he doing he's fighting aaron carter when was the schedule? Why is this happening? Yeah, like, I, I didn't even hear about that one. I have no idea why these things are happening or who is paying for them or who's paying to watch them. I just don't get it. Uh, I'm not big in the boxing as is, but just the idea that it's becoming and maybe and maybe that's what it needs to be. Maybe it's, that's what needs to happen for people to like gravitate towards the sport. Hey, let's have a little bit more uh, freak shows, side shows before like an actual boxing event. Maybe that's what they need to get people. Uh, young kids gravitating towards it, but like, you know, I don't want to watch a YouTuber fight a, you know, a boxer or, or a UFC fighter. I, I just don't want to do that. But I don't either. And that seems like that's where we are headed um, in that direction of just sideshows. Like, and I, I didn't know about the Ocho Cinco or Chad Johnson versus some street, actual street brawler that knocked him down. I mean, he got back up, so that's good. I hope he doesn't try to fight again because it's just, to me, it's almost disrespectful to the actual sport. And it may speak volumes to the fact that they don't have the top-of-the-line elite American boxer for anybody to care about. They don't have a face of boxing. Yeah, they really don't. So maybe that's what they're doing. But, yeah. And you know what? Who started it was the McGregor and the Floyd thing. That was the first one. But at least McGregor was a trained fighter. The rest of these guys are trained wrecks. So <laughs> I wanted That's to, a good one. That was it's, a good one. It's a couple of things that we still got to – you know, we had we – had, this is probably the longest podcast we've ever done. But it's a couple more things that are on the agenda. Um, so I definitely want to say it is the six-year anniversary of the uh, post-nightclub shooting. Oh, yeah. um, also this week, there was an incident in Virginia uh, where a Virginia Tech uh, freshman had um, killed a transgender person at their apartment. Uh, 
beat their head in, basically. And, you know, just to couple that on top of um, the Pulse nightclub shooting, you know, you kind of – it sucks. I mean, you, you hate to – I definitely have a soft spot in my heart for the gay community. I always will. I mean, I have family members that identify as those. I am an ally uh, for them. And I'll always say, like, for me, this whole experience, even before post, um, is, is something to self-reflect on. Like, at the end of the day, being a Black person and facing persecution and facing certain prejudice, I couldn't imagine here we are in 2015, 2016, and now, of course, 2020, being murdered for the way that you, you know, for your belief systems. And from what I've heard, like in different transcripts and things like this, uh, these people, they just went person by person, line by line, targeting specific uh, people in the gay community and killing them. And it, it's an awful thing that happens. I mean, you know, or that has happened. And this is a community that still is going to need our support. Um, they still go through a lot of different things from a day to day uh, perspective, uh, stereotypes and different things like that. So uh, if you know somebody always, you know, it doesn't hurt to be an ally. You, you could be an ally over being an asshole. Uh, Marcus, what are your thoughts on? I know that, you know, we've definitely done a podcast in the past uh, with a transgender person. We also have, you know, allies within the group. We definitely support y'all's cause. So what's your thoughts? Yeah, it's just, it's bad. Like everything is bad about that. Like it, it it's, it shows what kind of problem we have in this country with gun control, obviously. And it shows that we just have a problem with, uh, to- I don't want to say tolerance, because we're not we're not tolerating uh, gay people. We we're, we're, should be just living our lives and just kind of just going through it and just being, being ourselves, because that's what they're doing. Like, the idea that you could go to a club specifically for you, you know, a, 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 almost a safe place like it's almost like it, it going to a, a black barbershop you go to a barbershop there's people that look like you they're watching tv shows they're having conversations that you want to uh, have conversations about the music is music that you want to hear and you feel safe there you feel like hey this is where i belong and that's the same thing that that uh pulse nightclub was it's a place and i guess i've never been there. i'm assuming this that it's a place where Gay people can go, they hear the music they want to hear, they see the people they want to see, and it, they feel comfortable, they feel safe. And for someone to come into that space and just do what that person did, it's almost like, where where can they go to be themselves? And it's like, if they can't do it, it's almost like nobody can really do it. Because we've, ha- we've had multiple incidents since then where you know people are going to uh, Asian neighborhoods they're targeting sex workers. They're targeting uh, uh, kids. They're tar- targeting black people. Black targeting, churches, yeah. Yeah, black churches. Like they're targeting specific places to where it's just like no nobody should be attacked or persecuted over things that they can't control. Like I can't control being a black man. Like I shouldn't be targeted for that. I can't. I shouldn't be targeted at all. I can't change that. Gay people should not be targeted for being gay. They can't change that. That's who they are. They don't have a choice. Because I'm sure, and it might sound bad 
But I feel like if they had a choice to either be straight or gay, they might choose to be straight because of the persecution that gay people actually have. Like it is, it is ridiculous how uh, LGBTQ people are treated in this country and and across the world just for liking and loving who you love. Like it'd be one thing if these people were pedophiles. They're just regular people like you and me. They're they're mailmen. They're DJs, they're podcasters, they're just regular people. And certain people cannot see that and just say, hey, that's fine what they're doing. What they, how they live their life is fine. They have a problem with other people living the lives that they choose to leave and lead, live. And they can't see that they're happy like that. Like I, and it's, I'm not like I'm not gonna sit here and act like I've never like when I was younger, you know, called someone the f word or been like, oh, that's gay, get away from me type deal. But it's wow. it's so it's it's easy to just let people live. Like I have I've worked with gay people before. I've had conversations with gay people, and it's 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 not weird for me. Like it's it's I could I've been to gay clubs before. It's it's not weird for me. Like I remember there was one time. I worked at a I worked at a video game store, and this this guy is clear. He was clearly a guy. He has a wig on. He has makeup on. He's got a dress on. And I'm working at GameStop, and this is back in 2003 or 2004. And he comes up and he's like, "Hey, you know, he has this uh, video game. He wants to trade in, or he wants to sell it. And if you want to sell a game, you have to have a driver's license." So I'm like, "Okay, you know, he's like he." gives me the game. Hey, I want to sell this. I'm like, cool. I need your driver's license so I can write down the paperwork or whatever. So he, 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 he kind of gives me a look and I'm just like, and then he, he gives me the license. I look at the license. It's clearly a white dude, like presenting as a man, like short haircut, facial hair, whatever. But the person standing in front of me is that same guy, smooth face, wig on, makeup, dress. I could have made a big deal about it. I could have been like, well, we don't uh, serve your kind here or did all of this stuff. But what does that do for me? My thing was like, hey, you're an adult. You want to do this? Cool. I, I work here. I'm here to serve you. I'm going to do my job. I, and it's not even a thing of whether I agree or disagree because I don't care. Like, I don't care what you do at home. If As long as you don't have, like, kids tied up in your basement – and working in a video game store, there's been plenty of times where I'm like, okay, that guy's got kids in his basement. Like, he's a little off. But anyway, <laughs> it, 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 it literally costs me nothing to just treat that person with decency. And that's all they're, that's literally all they're asking for is to be like, hey, I'm a human being. I'm, I'm just, I just happen to be a woman that likes women or I happen to be a man that dresses like a woman or whatever. None of that stuff. But like that, like right now, right now out there, there are two transgender people raising a child and living their life. And you know who it's not bothering me. I don't care. I'm fine. I don't stay up at night, stay up at night thinking about that stuff. Other people do, and that's that's more weird to me than anything out there that you would think about that while you're at home supposedly living your own life. Like, oh yeah, let people live, and obviously the gun thing is just like, 
I don't know if we'll ever get through that. <laughs> I don't know if we'll ever get past that. Well, just to piggyback on that, because that, that was definitely a, a great way to present that, that these people are just living their life. Um, I know when I was younger, you know, we say the F word, this is gay or whatever for being stupid or whatever. Um, and as I, I think maybe around 2010, I'd actually... I had met a gay guy and he was actually cool. He was kind of different from the other gay people I had ever met. So he's what you call a non flamboyant gay guy. And I mean, I ended up, um, well, South Breeze sold me a car and then I sold him that same car. And I remember, you know, I'm taking the car over to him. And then I was like talking to him and some people were listening. I was like, yeah, you know, um, something, something, something. I'm gonna drop this off at your house. And I remember the next day, oh, you know what? Adolphus and Peep Peep is gay because he went over to his house and he spent the night. And I was like, no, I actually sold him a car and I took the car to his house so he could take me back to get my car so I can go home. It wasn't like that. And I really just like, that was the first time I had ever been in that type of situation. And then, you know, I had some health issues and stuff like that during the time anyway. So it went from Adolphus is having this secret gay relationship with this person that I sold the car to, to now Adolphus has AIDS. And, you know, I'm just like, you know, because I had like a, like a skin disease that was kind of starting to flare up. And, you know, I was just like, wow, really, this is like so unfair because as a man, especially a black man, you have a certain level of masculinity and you have to, you have to protect that with all your might, because if one rumor comes out, you're basically ruined, you know? And I remember for a while, no female would talk to me at that particular job until I got everything sorted out. And we actually had to come out and say, Hey, you know, I didn't spend a night at this person's house. Like I delivered them a car that they bought for me. Um, that I actually cut them a good deal on. Like I let them pay. Um, basically, I let them make payments on the car, you know, because they were just such a cool person. So I had that incident. And then I remember another incident. Now, of course, everybody knows my father passed, God rest his soul. I'm not talking any junk about, you know, him or anything like that. But I have a cousin that is gay and he's out in the open now. He's always been very feminine. I remember back in the day, um, I would come into town and sometimes I would need to borrow my dad's car. And my dad would say, Hey, don't pick up that cousin because you kind of look like me and I don't want people to see him coming in and out of my car, you know, and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, that's my cousin. And I'm running these errands and, you know, I've all, I've grown up with this cousin, uh, sleepovers, uh, play dates, all that stuff. Like him being gay, it didn't mean anything to me. But I thought it was just so weird that how, how, why would my dad tell me this? Like, you know, that I can't even ride in a car with my own cousin because of his lifestyle choices. So I have to discriminate against him. And it was like that and the Anthony deal. And over time, just thinking, I was like, okay, you know, I grew up with my cousin. He's probably my, one of my favorite cousins. And he made a certain lifestyle decision. And we had a, a very open conversation about that one night when I was in Atlanta. Like, I just kind of asked him, you know, hey, at what point did you actually really know? And just to tr- try to get inside his head to see, like, I, I was curious to see if it was something that he was born with or was it something that he kind of just 
it, it happened. So I know that I'm not going to expose how everything happened because it was a threesome and all that stuff. But anyway, I had to really, after that conversation, take a look at myself. And I had even revealed to him that another family member had revealed to me that they were gay. And when I revealed that to him, he was so relieved because he was like, finally, there's somebody in our family that understands me. And this person had also been hiding it, whereas this other cousin was out in the open. And with those two cousins confiding in me, I had to tell myself, look, why is it that I don't like these people or don't want to be around these people? It's because I don't want people to think I'm them. But at the end of the day, if you're securing yourself, it doesn't matter. And at the end of the day, I love my cousin unconditionally. I grew up with this guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, slumber parties, all that. Like his mom would call me her son too. everything. This has always been one of my favorite cousins. How can I hate a whole group of people and still pretend like I love you? And I had to learn that I need to accept these things. And from that point on, I, I really worked to make a change because one of the problems, like you said earlier today, is as black people, as people in general, we kind of fear what we don't understand. You know, I don't want to be labeled as one of those. So I need to be ultra uber max masculine in order to push them away. But it's like if you're really securing your business, you don't have to do that. So from that point on, and it was slightly before the post, um, the post thing, because I remember I became an ally like maybe a year or two before that. But, you know, at the end of the day, these are just people that want to be happy, that just want to live their life. If you don't bother me, I won't bother you. And that goes to anybody of, of any type, you know, whether you're male, female, white, black, Asian, green, yellow, purple, an alien, a werewolf, whatever. <laughs> Unless yeah, if you're a Titan fan that's five four. Okay, okay. I think yeah. I think it might have something to do with the lack of education. I think that could have something to do with that. Cause I think a lot of people they just don't they don't know. Like they they don't know why they're supposed to dislike something or why why this thing is different. So why that's why we treat them different. Like if we were taught about um, sexuality and um, having conversations with uh, homosexuals and things of that nature, it, I think would help, especially like kids at a younger age. Because like the more uh, my kids grow up, the more it's more it, it's is a thing where you can kind of just tell them something and they just, I guess, understand it and just take it at, at face value. Like I, I was never a person that was just like. You know, I hate gay people. I was never that, but I was more so like how Adolf is the same, where you're just kind of like trying to be super masculine. You're just like, hey, don't come near me, blah, blah, blah. But there was a situation where I was I was working at a summer camp. We would travel around the state and we got you got paired up with people and you had to stay. You have to go to like certain schools. And you had to stay there for a week and you had to get a hotel room. So I was paired up with a guy and he happened to be gay. And it was just like it was my first like real like experience having to be like having to interact with someone and it was just like normal it was like he was just a guy he was a regular dude like he was a little bit more on the flamboyant side but when it came to like uh the job off the job like just hanging out talking he was just a regular dude like he liked sports he liked music 
Uh, the only difference is, is when we were like, when we ever, whenever we went out to lunch with everybody else, if we're sitting around outside eating, like if a girl would walk by, I would look. But if a guy would walk by, he would look. That was really the only difference. But at that moment, that's when I realized like, hey, and it's it's stupid. I feel stupid saying it now, but that's when I realized like, hey, he's, he's just a guy. Like he just happens to like other dudes. Like, and that has nothing to do with me. And that doesn't change the way he is as a person. And it doesn't change who I am as a person. I do my own thing. He does his own thing. I'm not better than him. He's not better than me, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like if people knew that and were able to interact with people like that at an earlier age, they wouldn't grow, grow up feeling uncomfortable or feeling like, oh, that person needs to get away from me or I can't be seen with this person. It's It, it can go from sexuality to gender to race to just about anything. Like People need to expand their circles. You just can't stay in your own area with people that look like you, that think the same way as you and all that stuff, at least not in real life. Like in Twitter, it's a little bit different, but in real life, you need to get out there and meet people, talk to people, um, ask people questions. Like if you don't, if you don't know, ask them, like you'd be surprised how many people on a, on a, in, a ask in a respectful way. Don't be that person. That's like, Hey, can I touch your hair? It looks so different. Like, don't be that person, you know, but like, if you have questions, and you do it from a genuine space, they feel pretty comfortable discussing that stuff with you. Like we did that when we had um, Elle's friend on here that was a transgender. I had a lot of questions on here, but I wasn't going to do it in a disrespectful manner to where it was just like, I'm not gonna fake make them feel uncomfortable and do things that are just like, like just, you know, distasteful, I guess. But it, it just it just sucks that people have to deal with that that you could literally just be a gay person walking down the street and someone could hit you over the head with a glass bottle because they disagree with your lifestyle. Or if you could be at a gay club and someone feels the need to try to burn it down or shoot you or attack you or do all these things because of that. And it's just like, them dudes can't control that or them women can't control that. It's who they are. Like, we just got to do better. And I think it starts with... uh, I guess just showing up and making sure people don't do, don't be weird around other people. And speaking, and sticking in Florida, speaking of weird, the governor of Florida, uh, governor <laughs> decides that we will no longer teach the critical race uh, theory in school. Um, and as we know, in some areas, uh, I, I actually, I, I claim that I'm from Jacksonville. I'm actually from Mississippi, but I know they're doing an excellent job amongst other places in the country. They're taking down or removing uh, Confederate statues, um, Confederate flags, changing school names. I actually went to Jeb Stewart Middle, um, and he was a Confederate uh, Army member or some sort of general or something. He was a loser. Med school sucked ass so bad. Oh my god! But I don't know. I just feel like DeSantis. I'm kind of feeling like, are they trying to whitewash history? I mean, I get it. They don't want any theories to come out to kind of basically say what what the not the civil rights movement, what slavery was and what it wasn't, or any type of theories about that. But I don't know. I, I don't really like them doing that because what, what you don't want is 
Marcus, you remember maybe about a year or two ago, uh, some stuff on Twitter. um, It was from a textbook in the Northeast that circulated around Twitter where they were kind of like the slaves chose slavery. They volunteered for slavery. And what you don't and what it's important to know and realize is you do need to know the history, good or bad. I know sometimes our white brethren, they feel so guilty about what happened that they do want to kind of whitewash it, make it seem like it's all good or, hey, just forget about it. It was so long ago. Um, what are your thoughts as a, you know, as, as a brother that has, um, you know, dealt with a lot in your life? What do you think about Governor DeSantis in Florida? I just, I think it's pretty telling because I don't think they actually do any teaching on critical race theories. Like they're not teaching that stuff. They're not teaching about uh, Tuskegee experiments or uh, Black Wall Street or anything like that. They're not discussing Black Lives Matter without getting defunded or anything like that. So it's like, they're already like, it's like a preemptive strike. They're like, all right, we see that this stuff is starting to get some momentum. We see that people are asking questions. They see that people want to understand more about their history. Let's go ahead and just try to knock this out at the knees before it even gets any kind of momentum. And it's, it's embarrassing. Like we just can't act like certain things in this country didn't happen and that there isn't still an effect on what's happening today. Like, the things that happened 400 years ago still have an impact in 2021 and people just want to make it seem like, well, I didn't call you the N word. So you're, you should be fine. And it's just like, there's, it, it goes from little things to like how uh, black people can be persecuted and judged just by their hairstyles and white people can just roll out of bed and have any type of hairstyle they want. And even hair coloring, like white, white girls can have, you know, blonde hair but if a black girl has her hair blonde it's an issue because it's like black people can't naturally have blonde hair when that is clearly the case that that is possible so it's just it's just it's annoying that that's a that's a thing that hasn't happened and that i i saw someone say this i think it was on twitter or something like that but they were saying that uh slavery is not like the legacy of black people that's the legacy of white people but what came after that, what comes after slavery is black people's legacy, like how they thrive and how they were able to make it through that and and still become, you know, doctors or, or just even regular people like just being able to come out of slavery, being able to read and write is our legacy, like the stuff that we did after that, the whole uh, kidnapping, raping, pillaging, uh, owning people that's the stuff that white people have to own up to and they need to live with and they need to have that stuff put in their faces because that's y'all stuff. Y'all did that. We didn't do that. We didn't choose that. Y'all made a decision to do that. So y'all need to acknowledge it and understand that and you need to teach that and that stuff needs to be passed down so we can educate ourselves and and build something and kind of move on and move past this because if we keep acting like it didn't happen, we're never going to get anywhere. We're gonna end them in the end up in the same spot that we're in right now, because black people th- or white people are just like, well, well, slavery happened so many years ago; it doesn't really have that kind of impact on today. Like, I don't know why they're still bringing it up. Like, that's not the case, man. It's really not. 
Yeah, like the we, civil rights movement was, you know, we've said that several times. Even that. Within our parents' and grandparents' lifetime. Yes, yeah, even the civil rights during really, those times. They don't really talk about that. And even, um, like, we, I, we know that slavery was bad. We know it was bad. And, like, I feel like every couple of months or a few years we find, like, there's, like, a new article or a book or a journal or an artifact that is found that makes it seem a lot worse than what we thought it was. And I feel like slavery was probably a hundred times worse than what we could ever imagine it to be. Like, I feel like if slavery was as bad as what it actually was, they probably couldn't make slave movies. Cause like in slave movies, it's like, Hey, you get a couple of lashes here and there. Uh, you, you get a, there's a, a rapey scene that isn't really shown on camera. But if they showed like exactly how bad slavery was in movies, those movies would not get made because they're like, we're not going to show pictures of like black babies getting fed to crocodiles. We're not showing pictures of black people getting their teeth pulled out of their mouth without any type of numbing or anything like that. We're not going to show you black people getting boiled alive or anything like that, like getting getting. uh, um, I mean, they've showed lynchings in movies, but like showing lynchings of people posing next to it like they just caught a big trout or something like that. castrated and all kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. They're not putting that stuff in breaking or any of that. I know when you speak of movies, like one of the most graphic movies, I've talked about this several times, and the book was great too, but 12 Years a Slave is probably going to be one of the more personal accounts that you will ever see um, within a movie. And I was actually surprised that they let it go that far um, he was getting his ass beat. The women were getting raped uh, for no apparent reason, uh, getting hated on by, you know, the the wife of the household. Just, it was so many different things that was going on in that movie. Even from reading the Bible and just saying the things that they were only really talking about slaves and how they needed to be obedient to their masters and stuff like that, or even taking it as far as knowing that you could die if you knew how to read, if you knew how to write. You could die if you uh, spoke your native language, if you uh, practice your native religion. Like If you really think of that in the context and then watch certain documentaries, Black people were brought over here and stripped of everything and hit reset. I don't know if I can stress how important that this is, but I know before my father passed, he let me know that I was named after my great-grandfather. His name was Adolphus Coleman, and he was named after his slave master, and he was his most loyal slave. And somewhere in Talladega, Alabama, Adolphus Coleman is buried next to his white slave master, Adolphus Coleman. So, and and like I said, I like to keep it personal. I like to keep it a G. How do you think that makes me feel? Like, I don't even have my own name. I'm named after my slave master. Mm-hmm. You know, my grand, great-grandfather was the good house Negro that's buried by a white man. 
And you know what? They're so light skinned. He probably was his son, to be honest with you. Like some of my like other family, they're extremely light. And think of that, you know, if we have any listeners that aren't black, think of that from that perspective. Like, I'm named after my slave master still a hundred years later, 100, 120 something years later. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy when you really think about it. Like um, they took everything from us. And then even every opportunity that we took early on to reestablish ourselves, they blew it up. They tore it down. Like we yeah. really didn't get our own thing popping without them being all up on us until about the 70s or 80s. And then we were hit with the crack epidemic. You know, so really it's the 90s. Then we were hit with the three strikes and, you know, the different things that happened then, like we've always had the ball turned against us, even with um, the families that go on different things like government assistance um, to live in the projects, to live on section eight, the man needs to be out of the way. So what do women do? Hey, you know, well, you can't get a job. You're probably a felon or you have this going on. So I need to be on Section 8. You can't be at the house, so we can't be together because I need somewhere to stay. You know, and just the different things like that. Like, if you really look at it from that deep perspective of how torn up our community is, you know, it, it's going to take a while to get over it. And even still to this day, like, um, those, they call them, and I've been through one, they call them the Sunset Towns. There's the sundown still, Towns. The Sundown Towns, yeah. There's still towns that if you're black, you can't be at at night. Mm-hmm. They'll come get you. It's towns in Mississippi and Alabama that's like that. It's towns in Georgia that's like that. West Virginia, Tennessee, Kentucky. And it's like we're still putting up with these different things. And to be honest with you, I don't know how many listeners we have that are based out of Florida or can vote out of Florida, but we really need to band together and do everything we can to get Governor DeSantis up out of that. Like it's time to get him up out of the paint. Um, he's a baby 45 at the end of the day. Uh, definitely ain't for us, ain't by us. Shout out to FUBU. So let's definitely get his ass up out the paint. So we got one more topic to go. And man, I'm going to tell you, I'm starting to run out of steam. <laughs> one more topic. So that last one. Since South Breeze isn't here, we can't talk to boys. Maybe he'll pop back up. I don't know. But this one's just simple. Ending on a lighter note. So I was watching Twitter. Um, Somebody apparently tried to hijack a plane going from LAX to our Wakanda, a.k.a. Atlanta. And, boy, they they got the spirit of Ogon knocked out of their asses. It was so funny. And I just, I wonder in this day and age, like, first of all, if you have black people, they bought that life. They're not going to let you hijack a plane with a needle nose plier or whatever it is you're using. Like you're going to get the hands. Um, it, it was kind of funny, but I'm definitely glad that they didn't hijack the the plane. We didn't have a 9/11 situation. Uh, did you see that at all, Marcus? I didn't watch the video, but I feel like there's a lot of uh, places that a plane could go to where I'm like, you know what? I'm not hijacking this flight. If the flight is going to Atlanta. No. If it's going to like Texas, no. Houston, no. California, no. New York, no. Like Louisiana, hell no. There's a there's a couple of places where if that plane is going to that particular area, 
I am not attempting to get up to act a fool. Like in hijacking a plane, that's exactly what someone would say. Like this nigga acting a fool up here and everybody's getting up and they are all proceeding to whoop your ass. Yeah, he he got them hands for that one. <laughs> Gee, I could only admit. And that's one of those like, like there was someone, there was some old school dude on that plane just wishing, just wishing the nigga would and someone did and he enjoyed it. He was like, today is the day that someone did this and I'm going to take advantage of this because I'm sure whoever, and I'm going to watch the video, I'm sure whoever hijacked that plane had to have got up and just took a look around because like that plane is coming from California. I don't know where in California. LA, so LA. Okay, so you're coming from LA and you're flying cross country to Atlanta and not at one point did you decide to like peek up and like look around to see what the what the vibes was like? What who's on here? Like, okay, what's the demos on here? Is there a lot of young dudes? Is there a lot of old people? Like, what's going on? You thought that that was the plan that you were like, yeah, I'm gonna take this one. Mm-mm. You got what was coming to you. You need to get on the you need to hijack the plane that's going to South Dakota. Take that one. Not the one going to Atlanta, because that's the one where you're gonna get your ass whooped yeah. and they're gonna and they're gonna talk about you the whole time too. Wakanda forever. So to, to wrap things up, tie a little bow on it. Do you have a song of the week for? I know we did a lot of new music, got a lot of new vibes to talk about. Do you have a song of the week this week? Yeah, I'm going with um, uh, Larry June out of San Francisco. He dropped the Orange Print. Uh, I'm going to go with the song Grand Nash Chronicles. Um, my I, the reason I like Larry June is like he's he's one of those artists. If you listen to him. You can't listen to him like laying in bed over your iPhone speaker. You can't really listen to him while you're like sitting down watching the game. Or you, he's he's an artist that you have to listen to while you're driving. And I feel like that's his mo. That's like that's what he's going for. I think every album cover of his is has a vehicle. He's in a car and he's driving. Like he makes driving around music. You know, raps about like getting money getting women he's really health conscious like he's big on natural juices and oranges and things of that nature but he's like he's just a cool ass nigga he wants you to come in the whip take a ride and just fucking chill out and that's the best like that's the only way that you can listen to uh larry june and he's he's a good artist he's a good rapper and he makes good music but it's specifically for listening to while you're in your car okay i'm gonna have to check out i know um you had posted that in the chat. I, I had so much music. I just, I'll probably have to listen to it tomorrow. Um, for me this week, uh, since we're talking about Lil Wayne, um, I was able to go back to one of my favorite Lil Wayne songs of all time. Uh, to me, definitely, this is the, the perfect mix of album and mixtape Lil Wayne. Um, it's from the Carter One. Birdman Jr. I just felt like he just he comes on that track and he just gives you everything that you like about Lil Wayne. Like he's spitting, he he's got the fire. It's, it's a little bit of fireman in there. It's a little bit of uh, the block is hot, Lil Wayne. It's a little bit of fast forwarding to the new Lil Wayne minus the uh, auto tune. So uh, Birdman Jr. and I'm gonna give you on the same album uh, on my own featuring real i just really like that song i like the beat um once again he was he was just he was just sick on it like dude carter one is just it is such a well put together 
project. And I challenge any new rapper to, and I know people are putting out different projects, but put out a project like that. Like we need more projects like that album where you can go back and say five, 10, 15, 20 years from now and say, Hey, I'm going to put this on because that how that whole album was a vibe. Like, I don't know if sometimes we get that from, you know, different types of artists like uh, the Polo G, like it, it was good. I don't know if any tracks are redeemable like that or if I'm just going to ever go back and say, man, you know what? He was rapping his ass off on this or if the beats will stand the test of time because, you know, you deal with stuff that does sound dated. So um, just I don't know if I probably would call it a classic because it, it's very, very close if it's out of five, it'd be a 4.9, if not a five out of five. Um, but I just wish we would get more music to drop like this week because this has been this was an exciting podcast. Like it was a lot of new music out. We still didn't even get to Kodak Black's EP. And uh, it was some other stuff that's come out that we, you know, didn't get to too. So just it's it's exciting for the culture, uh, even to do the battle between Wayne and and young thug, I mean, it, it it was exciting to engage in that. You know, it was exciting to task myself with going through full on albums because it led from, you know, you go to thug, then you're like, okay, well, let me look at Gunna. Okay, well, now they got me to Travis Scott. Okay, well, let me listen to this person and let me listen to that person. Okay, well, I got Polo G. Let me go to Lil Durk. Okay, let me pull up this artist too, or let me pull up that artist too. So, um, definitely, it, we're, we're in great times if you like music, but I just wish that we had something to come out that's going to be a certified classic. And I don't know if it's Breeze back. I could have sworn he took his. Y'all are sick. I'm mad, <laughs> <on the podcast. laughs> I'm mad that y'all gave Lowski Wolski 89 what he wanted for free. We did it. Y'all we did at- it. I done ate dinner. I done watched another episode of the, the Good Doctor. <laughs> I spilled, I spilled uh, miso soup all over my shoe. It's disgusting. Oh. Uh, I was going to go with Larry June, the same song that Marcus picks. So I will go with... Uh, I'll go with Still Running off the Voice of the Heroes, a little baby, little dark album uh, featuring Meek Mill. So that's going to be my song of the week. But yeah, definitely check out the Larry June joint. Like I would say the Larry June is is better than the uh Migos album if I had to pick. Cause like the complaint we had earlier, I know we're wrapping up, is that there's not 19 Migos tracks. Like Larry June gives you like 37 minutes and everything is pretty cohesive and it's very smooth, very enjoyable to listen to while you're driving. So if you haven't checked out Larry June Orange Print, definitely check that out in its entirety. Breeze out. Yeah, he sure did. We are. I mean, you got any shout outs, Marcus? Nah, man, just shout out to all the people that wanted this three hour episode. I'm glad we were able to do it. I'm, I'm excited to see the numbers on this and see what it does. If it doesn't do as well as I think it does, then we maybe we'll never do this again. But uh, yeah, just uh, like like Adolfo said, I think we had a, a really good conversation, especially the Wayne and, and Thug thing. So it was nice to go back and re-listen to uh, a lot of Lil Wayne stuff, and I, I, it, I kind of have that um, appreciation that I had for him listening to him growing up is is still there. So it was good to to revisit that. I'd like to give a shout out to the people in the chat. So um, 
the wash youtuber aka kj thank you for always being down you know what i'm saying always showing love and support uh jiff queen you already know how we get down um you know you support the podcast we family here um, shout out to Lorenza Rainey. Shout out to MC Cooper. Shout out to the lovely Shane for always coming through. And also delighting the timeline as well as delighting us on Twitter. Um, and I think that's it for the chat. Uh, I got a Grammy. You know, um, I can't, I don't have the list that Breeze has, but um, shout out to the DBNR. Shout out to everybody that tunes in to us uh, on a week to week basis on the YouTube, whether it be via the chat or via live or even after the fact, shout out to everybody that follows us on SoundCloud. Um, we're still on Spotify. Uh, we're still out here cooking on Apple podcast. Uh, shout out to uh, Aaron Cabrera. Uh, that's the homie. Uh, happy birthday. Um, also happy belated birthday to Jeff. I know we probably, Shouted you out last week. Just everybody that, that that truly fucks with us. You know what I'm saying? Like, we've been rocking with us. I know we say episode 56, but if you've been really rocking with us, we're actually 500 episodes deep. You know what I'm saying? Been doing our thing for four and a half years now, cooking it on up. This is our first three-hour episode, so I just thank everybody for showing love and support. We are the KTSC Avenue, a double-gated community doing niggerotity <laughs> and up English. Uh, shout out to Marcus Sniffles for having his kids to guest star on it. They were here from day one. Day one. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is. Every now and again, you might need a little extra mm, in your love life. Spice things up tonight by shopping at adamandeve.com with a vast array of toys, lingerie, and things to keep you coming. Don't forget to use KTSE at the checkout for free gifts to make your night just a little more spicy.